we are Squawking Dead. And uh, welcome back. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by OG Squawking D, Carol G, and Hi. Cosmo Mom 9 Rachel Bird. Hello. Yeah. This episode's <laughs> been sponsored by you, all you lovely people who have bought us coffees. You've got seven people. I want to go through the review, but I'm actually just going to make a really, really nice little post for you guys at some point. Uh, I think I'm going to do like a kind of like a monthly wrap-up sort of thing. We had a couple of people coming under the wire today, and, and I'm just so happy. We, we added awesome. a, new, a new goal. Our first goal was to get the first two subscribers so that we can actually make the coffee subscription. Because like, we have Coffee Gold, it supports the coffee platform. Form, but it allows us to kind of take in subscriptions and do like um, exclusive content, uh, private posts for people who subscribe or even people who throw a one-off for, for the next 30 days. So if you don't know what we're talking about is uh, you would be here joining us for exclusive recordings like all the seven others. And uh, not only that, but at the end of the, the recording, you'll get the raw unedited footage for your offline viewing, listening, p- pleasure, you know, viewing, whatever. That's like one of the first few big perks that we ha- we give people, we allow people to do. Uh, they would be in the chat. We were recording so late that I don't think people uh, are around. Um, but you never know. People might end up popping in. The range right now, as of now, is Vancouver or like whatever, British Columbia, yeah. mm-hmm. all the way to the UK. So that's wild. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty wide time zone. That's like seven hours, I think. Or uh, sorry, mm-hmm. eight hours. Uh, and we're kind of sort of in the middle. It's great. So our, so we met that goal the first day. Uh, coffee self-sufficiency. Awesome. Thank you, Whispers UK and uh, Negan Judith Cosplay. I'm not saying the whole thing, right? But whatever. Um, you know who you are. Uh, we know who you are and we love you we know who you are we do thank you thank you thank you thank you yeah and we're already kind of uh somewhat in the way into uh, our next goal, which is to kind of just cover the costs of uh, what it takes to actually make the video, which is using Zoom Pro and having our, our long form videos, uh, uh, the ability to kind of stream online and stuff like that and have connect our hosts without interruption like we used to have every 40 minutes, um, which is so bootleg. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, authentic yeah grassroots yes yeah, very grassroots very very, very. earthy mm-hmm. very paleo <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so it, it that and then the ability to have multiple people in the stream you know without interruption so like the ability to do what we're doing now with everybody that's joining us in the chat as coffee subscribers um that's what zoom would be for also that and uh the hosting costs the goal right now is self-sufficiency if we can go on autopilot and not have to worry about you know all these upfront costs costs every year. Um, that would be great. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, head just head over to either squawkingdead.com and click the orange button that says support the podcast or head to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. And yeah, there's a whole spiel. The intro video that I premiered this morning is on the site. It's kind of like a primer. Uh, there's a little blurb on there to tell you what this is all about and basically what I just told you now. You'll see the goals on the site. You'll see the feed, you know, showing who's giving us a coffee and we love coffee. I think we all love coffee, right? Except for Meg. <laughs> She said something about that today. Oh, really? um, yeah, mm. I think she likes uh, tea better. Yeah, that is true. There are some people different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, onto the show. I do not want to break this one down because there's just so it's a lot much going on. There's a like, lot going on in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and not only on the surface, but like like all the different tie-ins to different mm-hmm. to these repeating themes throughout this episode. There's just too many. Who wrote mm-hmm. this episode? I, I want to know. What? Right? I mean, it's I mean, genius. There's a lot going on. 
there's definitely a lot going on in a very short amount of time. Remember in like, was it season seven or season eight where they used to have those extended episodes during the Savior War where like, like episodes were like an hour 15 or whatever? Yeah. Like these episodes are like standard an hour, but it's, there's a lot. There's a lot in it, which, which is good. You know, it's good. It's like they're able to, you know, basically 46 minutes, I think it is, like when you take out commercials, like really kind of get a lot of good storytelling, like weaved in between these different scenarios going on all at the same time. You've got what's, you know, what's going on with Ezekiel and what's going on, obviously, with Negan, but what's going on at the hilltop. And you have like all these under kind of rumblings going on beneath the surface, essentially. And like, things that kind of contribute to that like you know magna's backstory and and what's happening with ezekiel's health it's like so there's a lot of kind of inner turmoil you know so yeah um, more than we realize too more yeah exactly and more connected than we we ever could really have thought of repeating themes um connecting certain characters together too and i will get into that but like it's like people that you wouldn't have seen that are like very similar that you wouldn't have expected and then like they're the idea of just even what Alpha says in the episode, masks, you know, the masks we put on or whatever, like a new mask that we put on. Right. There are people in this episode that multiple people that are doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Not just Gamma or that is taking the suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, kudos. I mean, it's it's an episode worthy of our kind of, our particular brand of uh, breakdowns. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. I want to give this one to Rachel. Give me your overall like impression of how this, this episode struck you. Overall impression. I feel like we're starting to see the beginning of a lot of things. This, I mean... It's like kind of it's sort of the middle of a season, but you know we're just now starting to see sort of the path that Negan's going down, how he's reformed, if he's reformed. You know, his interaction with Brandon I think shows a lot of growth with a question mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, we also see Aaron kind of planting those seeds of mm, I don't know if I want to say friendship. I hope he's keeping his guard very very high up, but but we're seeing like the beginning stages of something. You know, we're we're getting just a taste of probably what's going to be on the back half of the season, <laughs> just before we go on break. Maybe, <laughs> right? Maybe not, though. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. But I feel like I feel like we're getting little trickles of what we'll see the end of later. You are right. Yeah. It is interesting we're just saying about the back half and how it could play out. But then at the same time, like if I think about the preview for next week, it also makes me wonder like where this, how the the trajectory is going to be with the whispers and what's going to be our next storyline. Mm hmm. Right. In, within this season, just based off what I saw for next week. Why don't we get into that now? Because, I mean, we're dealing with people who've already watched the episode. And so we could start with that now and then like, because I, I, I'm just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. There are a couple things that we can go through when it comes to like what to expect from the next couple episodes, obviously. Um, like one, of course, is like, okay, how closely are they going to follow the comic on this one, too? Yeah. Well, that's my question. Because, Considering I mean- the Reformation process sort of thing. Yeah. I feel like I, they're setting it up too much to be like the comics. I think they're yeah. going to pull back, baby. Uh, yeah, I do too. I yeah. think Yeah, yeah. They're starting to go down the comic book route and then they'll totally diverge. Right. I don't know about but totally. <laughs> but I it wouldn't be unlike them to do that. Right. Right, right. They kind of right. remix it, you know. Yeah. I mean, the Brandon storyline they remix cuz they couldn't do the same thing for the comics. It's like the Negan in the comics is not the same Negan on the show. Like it's right. not no. especially not at that point when he, 
you know, is uh, released from his cell. But we still don't know how he got out of the cell. Right. Like, it was Brandon. Com- in the comic, it, it was Brandon that released him, right? It was Brandon in the comic, yeah. Right. I, I yeah. still think it might be, though. I think people but are he, really looking too hard. But he said on the show, Brandon, he was like, are you ever going to tell me how you got out of that cell? Right. Oh. Brandon says that to him. Brandon mm. says that to him. So we are kind of like eliminate him. Like, no, nope, well, right. and he just kind of ignores him. So it's like, okay, so Brandon wasn't the one who got him out. So my money's that Carol got him out personally. Yeah. Well, because mm. we already had the accidental, you know, Gabe, when he shut, right. thought he shut the thing and didn't right. really shut the thing. Like that was in the comics too, only it was Olivia. But but they mm-hmm. still already did that. So I don't think it'll be an accidental thing again. No. no, I don't think it was an accident. Somebody definitely helped him get it out. If we say that it wasn't Daryl and we and it wasn't Lydia because Daryl was watching Lydia all evening, which is what he said, mm-hmm. then to me, it's, I don't know. Likely it is Daryl. Oh, oh, right. That is Carol. Hmm. But, don't I mean, you think Carol would want to kill him, not release him? You know what the thing is? It's like a lot of people wrote articles and it is kind of true. It's like, I don't know if Carol and Negan have ever interacted. In spite of everything. That's in true. spite of everything. Because she, she went into hiding. Or I mean, King yeah, that. exactly. That's so right. she and Megan never really fully interacted. And she's so focused on getting to Alpha that that's like she's got blinders on, you know, Did like any, she's just. We never really saw anyone tell her the truth about um, Glenn and Abraham either. Like she knew they were gone. But did anybody tell her? the details because they just basically she was just told that they were killed by the saviors but like right. she wasn't we she never had the details then no and it was but morgan though that, that was that was one who told her right right she was kind of she was already it. kind of like uh outcast not, not she yeah. outcasted herself herself essentially. right yeah that's right because daryl lied and told her that everybody was okay right, right. exactly <laughs> exactly hmm. so like it's coming home to roost on that one <laughs> right so like her her information in terms and her whole involvement during that whole savior war like she didn't have all that much interaction with Negan really at all well, that's I mean, true can we drill down further on this because in some ways and maybe this is me being pragmatic or just like kind of to the bricks about like the kinds of people that Carol and Negan are in so, I don't, I'm not saying she would respect him no but <laughs> I do see character similarities between those two and, and to the point where, by the way where okay Carol is pretty pragmatic when it comes to her solutions yeah Yes. Um, you know, yeah. fire burns. Fire plus people <laughs> equals no people. Well, sickness. And, she, and she told Daryl in the last episode when they were sitting on the stoop, she was like, I think people are losing sight of who the real enemy is here. So mm-hmm. I don't think that she, I think that she's focused on like Alpha and the Whispers. These are the people that we need to be focusing in on. Stop right. with the infighting or whatever. Like she's got her eye on the prize basically right so i wouldn't be surprised if she kind of was like i'm gonna leverage this guy and and just kind of like let him loose and like you know if he's out of the picture people will refocus their anger towards the whispers yeah because she wants them to kind of focus in on that that's That's a very very good point exactly i did not think that far through but i mean she was on my list but i'm but i just went far i'm like why though Yeah. Right, yeah, that right. makes a lot of sense. But I think it goes further than just Carol's pragmatism, though. Like, I think for the first time, it, let, let me see if I'm right about it. Yeah, maybe I'm right about this. <laughs> Um, no, because, like, am I right? Yes, I'm right. I want right. to think this through before. Because like, there are obviously people who have really strong feelings about the character, and I don't want to like just like throw out a shit statement. <laughs> but like, but I also kind of want to say like, I mean, 
<laughs> I think for the first time there is an emotional stake to her going after the whispers. I don't think it's a matter of pragmatism and protecting people. That's her usual MO. She's she's come from somewhere where it was a particular brutal background where she was being abused, where she was told what to do and yes sir, yes sir, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, do the laundry <laughs> instead of rocking a dildo or whatever. But anyway, um, but that's the thing. Like, so it's kind of like, um, but then she went from that to being assertive, pragmatic, you know, and maybe this is born out of tragedy. Sure. Right. But, um, but she's usually kind of like straight arrow. This is what should happen. So that's what's going to happen according to me. Um, And so, but I think this is more about vengeance, like, like focused vengeance rather than what's pragmatic for everybody. You know what I mean? Like everything she's done is really to be, to protect others, even though it's kind of to the extreme. But I think this is, we've seen examples of her kind of going to the mat, but not for rational reasons, you know, taking watch for no reason when she has no business doing it just because she doesn't want to sleep. And yeah. yet putting everybody in danger, pulling the gun out. And you see sneak peeks in the you know next week where she is thinking again to bring the gun out. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many bullets she has because she used them up in the last episode. Yeah. So, She's being but, emotionally reckless. Yeah, exactly. And that's not something we necessarily see for Carol unless it's more something that affects herself. Like the only mm-hmm. time you've seen this is when she goes out on the road and all, like throws that Hail Mary and kills those saviors. But really, she wouldn't have cared if she died in that moment. No, yeah. You know, but never to endanger others. Never, ever, ever to endanger others. Yeah. So I don't know. But the through, the through line I wanted to make here is that it's so interesting to see two pragmatic people. Like Negan and Carol are pretty damn pragmatic people, but Negan is thinking with his noggin. Yes. And, and Carol is not. And that's. No. And, and, and Negan sees people as a resource, and Carol, it's just not in her brain. So I kind of like. I love how he said that again this episode. I was like, mm-hmm. we got a lot of callbacks to like savior Negan but the positive callbacks (laughs) not the you know, not so great. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's what everybody wants to zero in on. If writers want to zero in on that. Fans want to zero in on that because I think they're really tired of, of bringing up old Negan. Um, some people yes. don't. Some people don't. Some people remind us, right? You've seen the posts. <laughs> the, the, the angry posts. Have you forgotten about yeah. Abe? <laughs> right? I, think, and you're, you, I feel it in your voice. I know. I know. It's a hard thing to reconcile. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been doing that. Actually, I've been doing your work. I've been doing the Lord's work, uh, Carol. I've been bringing up your points, too. I know. I mean... But there is an evolution to Negan. And think about it. Like, you know, when you have prisoners, the goal, when you imprison someone, you sentence someone, the goal is to reform them, right? That's supposed to be the goal, you know? So there is a certain level of reformation that has happened, and we see it in this episode in his approach. But I'm just excited to talk about some of these callbacks and some of these scenes, and we'll get to it, because, I mean, there were so many, like, callbacks and different things, like season one callbacks, as far as I'm concerned. Going back to Brandon, though in terms of the comic how did that shake out in terms of the comic cause, yeah because we know that he br- he busted Negan out but how did that turn out in the comics because I'm curious about that because I don't know and Brandon well, is killed by Negan in the comic but in the comic version Negan is still very much seen as the aggressor and Brandon is just more of like this naive sort of kid that's like I hate Alexandria, you and me against the world kind of thing, you know? Oh. He wasn't like a, a sociopath like this So he guy. was like pitiable, like like kind of pit- almost ex- Exactly, innocent. exactly, almost pitiable, yeah, exactly, like foolish, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I mean, it's kind of similar to the extent 
what happened on the show where, you know, he's sort of like, look, you know, it only gets more dangerous from here. I go alone or whatever. But in the comic, you know, he kills him and like, okay, I take it from here and I go alone or whatever. Right. Here, obviously, like, he recognizes that Brandon is a sociopath and is sort of like, you don't have to go back to Alexandria, but you can't stay with me. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, you don't have to come home, but you don't have to go home, go but you home, can't stay here. You can't stay here, you know? So... In this situation, you know, I fell for Negan in this situation. And Brandon was just like this creepy, wannabe looking, like, you know who I thought he was at first sight? He looks a lot like the guy from um, Big Bang Theory. What's his name? Shell. Oh, uh, not Shell. And, um, uh, uh, What's his um, name? I forgot his name. It was on Roseanne, too. Yeah. Oh, L- God. Nick, no, no, that's another one. I cannot remember his name. But he yeah. bears a very strong resemblance to him. Yeah, it's, it's the haircut, for sure. The face, too. He has features. Yeah, a little bit of similar. the face. Like, from a distance, like, if you were to just kind of at first glance, you're like, oh, and then it's like, oh, no, it's not him. But those eyes... He, he's kind of cute though yeah in maybe in a sociopathic way but yeah. i couldn't well, quite get past that that's, isn't it quite striking like how okay because the kid is obviously he's obviously attractive but then like when you see how psychopathic he is it's kind of like ooh, my perception changed really quick oh no that 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 oof. i mean he's just like yeah was this your whistle was it like like whoa yeah to his credit though by the way and there's something by the way when you were talking about like how the comic book version of him is is kind of like this naive innocent yeah. you know like i i didn't you know, cuz he was also a savior kid right like they they wrote them the same uh, in terms of background it sounds i don't like, remember i mean maybe oh. i don't remember that level of detail from the comic but maybe maybe he was he definitely was somebody who was at alexandria who freed him from the cell and they go off and they get to a certain point and Negan kills him and he keeps going from there, which is where he encounters the whispers, like, you know, how they did on the show. Right, right. right. I, I like the actual extra extra effort in kind of drawing out his past and his background. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this weird kind of... And it makes me feel bad almost for the kid. Like this weird naivete, like where just, and it goes back to kind of Lydia too. And, and maybe even Gamma in a weird way. Like, like it goes to this theme of fitting in, you know, and, and, and how this kid never fit in, you know, this kid never felt like he fit in. Yeah. Well, maybe people didn't really know the extent to which, I mean, he was always a savior. And maybe, but, you, but you know which people are kind of crazy though. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like certain people that you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, like he was probably that person because I mean he probably didn't fit in because he had sociopathic tendencies, kind of like who's um, her Micah name? and uh, Lizzie. Yes, or Mika. Yeah, he he's very Lizzie esque in that respect. If Lizzie would have grown older, this is Lizzie in male format. Yeah, a lot of people, including myself, felt that like felt like they had that scene in mind when uh, Negan took him out. At least, oh yeah, right. I, this is what I'm saying in terms of callbacks. There were all sorts of callbacks in this episode. Right. That definitely had that sort of vibe where it's like, you know what? <laughs> this kid is look too at, far gone. Look at the rock flowers. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and also that was just a moment of like just being enraged and like of seeing this dead woman and child, you know, who he even told them in the bus. It's like, because when he was like, oh, should we follow them to their stash of like weapons or whatever? I'm like, he's like living off of these like 
the man, the myth, the yeah, the man, the myth, the legend back from how many years ago. Right. And he's like, this is a chick and a kid. Like, there's no, like, you know, following them to their stash of weapons and artillery. Like, this is not that scenario. Right, right. And it's it's such a weird thing. Like, it kind of goes back to, like, what we're saying the last episode is, like, it takes a certain amount of civilization to kind of fall to this weird paranoia. Like... The, the like the the fact that, and I'll explain the fact that that Alexandra is set up so well that you know and, and they've got it so made that they can now afford to start thinking about like turning on each other right like you need to have a certain amount of like splendor or like comfort let's say to get to the point where you actually turn on each other and start suspect, suspecting each other rather than focusing on survival again like you know and so it kind of going back to Brandon think about this guy this kid was. Was 10 years younger, like nine, 10 years younger, right? So I don't know, five, six, you know, he's a child of a savior, doesn't know any better, never felt like he fit in, or never, at least internally, maybe he didn't feel like he ever fit, fit in, but he was fed, he was trusted enough to, to guard Negan. That's a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And you, it's, I wouldn't say to the level of DJ being close to Michonne, etc. But like, is he guarding Negan? Yeah, in the last few episodes, okay, so the first episode you see him guarding him at the tomato fields by spear. Oh, was that him? That was him. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fight that Lydia had, Brandon kind of comes in from the rear after Negan puts Margot out, uh, the highway woman mm-hmm. or man. I, I don't know how to say it sometimes. But yeah, and he goes, oh, what happened here? You know, whatever. So he, mm-hmm. yeah, he's there too. It kind of makes me want to bring this thing up now that I want to talk about. To talk about people mm-hmm. who don't exist. Um, mm-hmm. What if Brandon didn't exist? Like, I really thought about this for a second. I'm thinking to myself, this guy is way too awkward to not exist. Because there's this weird thing that uh, that occurred to me that like it, when you look at scenes with Brandon it's almost as if nobody acknowledges that he even exists right so, so it's like if, a sixth sense sort of thing well yeah like what if Brandon yeah maybe well, except, <laughs> except in the tomato garden when he tells Lydia to back up Right, but uh, but that could have been like a like that could have been anything. That could have been a perception thing. Like he could have said that, but like and she didn't react to it at all. Right? Not really. And it could have been Negan saying that. Right? The more I sure. think about how awkward he is and how all the dialogue is between him and Negan, it really bugs me a little bit because you start to think about because from a narrative sense, you need Brandon as this weird kind of devil on my shoulder thing that all of a sudden now that I've escaped is now popped up. You know and and Brandon wasn't like that before Brandon maybe Brandon doesn't exist I mean and to that end I even I had to write down even like okay if Brandon doesn't exist I don't even think this lady and this kid exist do you know what I mean like this scenario is him working some shit out like what do I need to be and this is why I bring this up because there are a couple things in this episode where I say or I I, like literally said out loud oh what does he need to be to do this or what does she need to be to do that or what does Negan need to be to not only be trusted but like go the extra mile and say this is how valuable I am this is how uh, how much I want to belong to you guys and so I'm willing to put this on this Negan again like old Negan back on to kind of prove myself to you because I'm not that guy anymore you follow what I'm saying because it's kind of like so he's going to prove he's going to prove he's not the bad guy by reverting back to being the bad guy well you <laughs> see that you see these awkward conversations between him, him and Brandon right like he's 
visually uncomfortable with all the things Brandon is saying. Things, yes, some of those things not being com- at, at all true, like killing Carl and in front mm-hmm. of Rick and shooting him and etc. Et that incited a reaction from him. Right, right. How, right, because that was an outright lie. And Negan, if anything, doesn't lie. Doesn't feel like he needs no. to lie. He right. maintained his code of ethos throughout this whole episode, which is, you know, women and children are off limits. Right. And well, some women. Some women. Well, not, well. Right. I know what you mean, like rape and stuff. Well, yes, he's never very adamantly against that. And he's always said, we are not animals. People are a resource. I mean, he's always been very clear about those kind of things. Like this kid was an unhitched sociopath and he kind of saw that pretty, pretty soon, you know? Right. And even like when he was like, oh, didn't you guys used to do this in the sanctuary? He's like, I don't recall raiding like blockers <laughs> on their hotness. Like, I mean, it's just like this kid has this illusion that they were like a bunch of greasers that were kind of like, you know, like hitting on like every female and like just going on these raids and not, and just this perception of like this, this badass or whatever. And I mean, like I can understand like from a standpoint of like a dumb teenager, you know, that you could see that, but he's pretty clear about what he believes and what he doesn't. And the fact that he still in his mind thought like, Oh, what he wants me to do is kill this woman and kid like to prove myself or whatever. I'm like, but that doesn't is, seem like so like out of this world to even be like real. Sociopathic, and, yeah. And let me let me let me clarify. I think that Brandon is real in terms of the story, like in terms of this thing. But like, I love this exercise of trying to like like actually just say, but what if he isn't? What? Because in in actuality, he's a written character, right? And he's meant for something. He's meant to illustrate something, right? But like taking it one step further, what if this is all in his head? What if this is all in Negan's head? Like that's that's what I like about this exercise because he's working something out. Like who am I I to Alexandria? But I think that even if even if we didn't go down that route of that exercise, you could say that he worked it out even at the very end where he's like, "Oh, see, I proved myself," and he goes, "I am like," and he tries to say, "I am Negan," and he beats the shit out of him right. and it's like beats the hell out of him for being like i am negan no you are not that is not who negan. i am that is not who negan is like and he puts all the life and energy into beating the shit out of him you right. know so i feel like that kind of goes in line with the whole kind of working what you're saying like working it out within himself in yeah. that moment when you know he sees like yeah i thought this is proving myself i killed this woman and kid i am negan no right <laughs> But you know what's so important about like that one specific scene and how the wording goes like I am and then he knocks him out. There's yeah. something to be said about like th- like this is my legacy. Right. This is what it but no, I was I thought I was saving people but this is all the people like of course some specific people remember me a certain way but even on right. a trickle down effect like in terms of legendary like no, this is what it's come to. In his mind he wanted to rebuild civilization, right. you know, like in his mind like this this was not to have some kid think like, yeah, you know, like going around murdering people and stealing their stuff. And, you know, like this is, yeah, this is what the Saviors Tour about, you know? Right. So. And this and kid was this I, kid was supposed to be like the best case scenario for him. Like he is a, a, a kid of a savior. And this is what he remembers. Yeah. Like this I mean, is I, how he remembers things. Well, I mean, his dad was probably a psycho too, because, you know, like a lot of these stories, he, you know, no his dad knew though. But I mean, I, but even his, but you know that the saviors also attracted their certain breed of sociopaths, like, you know, hence yeah. the guy who, what was it, Rapey Dave, who tried yeah. to like, was it, was he, da- sorry. Wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> like, 
Rapey Davy. That's Rapey Davy. Yeah. I mean, I like that. Yeah, name, he was the one who tried to you know rape Sasha, whatever. So right. it's like the Saviors definitely attracted that breed of guy who loved to kind of uh, you know hide behind like a gang of right. people, basically to kind of be able to terrorize groups, you know, right. because on their own they would never do the same thing with um Jared. What that was his name, right? Yeah. The um with that other like kind of like the the C group among the Saviors, you know, like. Yeah. They were. They were. They were like yeah, the. Uh, they were like the bottom feeder group that would be sent to basically do low tier work. Right with the know. kingdom. Right. It, uh, right. Under, um, exactly. Gavin. Yeah. Hand, exactly. Handle the negotiations. Hands picked. Exactly. <laughs> But it's like, you know, Jared would mouth off and all this stuff. Like, And this is before when, um, I remember hearkening back again, when they would do these exchanges with the kingdom, and the kingdom had... Um, Richard. Richard. This yeah. guy, Richard, was a freaking huge dude or whatever, but this, like, little spiny, wimpy Jared guy mouths off because he can, because he has this arsenal of gang people around him that can back him up right. when he's mouthing off. And so I think the saviors definitely attracted that breed. Not Maybe not all of them were like that, obviously, but I think that there were quite a few guys that were basically henchmen that loved kind of feeding off of that gang mentality and like an enabler. Know, yeah. Yeah. Brandon's dad, Brandon's dad was probably another sociopath that loved that shit. So he, that's why for him, like his stories that he passed down to him are these sort of like, you know, ridiculous stories or whatever, you know, could be, but so, may, and maybe he wasn't even young enough. Like he was, again, he was probably five, uh, five or set, maybe max seven. Right. Yeah. Mm, in terms of, probably. so how much do you remember in, in complete accuracy? Like, right. Yeah. yeah very little. Rating walkers. <laughs> I know. But yeah, that's that's kind of the problem. It, it's a good narrative device, though. Again, like to kind of bring it back to really just focusing on Negan. It's it's like a this is my legacy and this is what I'm remembered for. Oh shit! And then b it's all these things that you'd think Negan would want to like maybe want to embrace, and yet he's re- like very uncomfortable with the jacket. Is he is even though he yeah. says does does pig shit stink? You know, and it, yeah, the, he that wants is the like, jacket, but at the same time, now that was Lucille, the bat. I don't think it was. It wasn't because where? So did he just get a different bat? Like because he was like, oh, before I left Alexandria, like he got him his jacket, which uh-huh. was his jacket. Yeah. So well, he, he said he made it for you. Present. He said he wrapped this present, right? I was wrapping your gifts, right? Or something. Yeah. I think he literally mm-hmm. took the barbed wire and did it there because he found right. it, the barbed wire. <laughs> so. Rather than maybe saving your idol's life at the moment, but okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but he's immortal, right? Right. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's these little thorns in my brain that they're like, if this kid was real, he would have saved Negan. If this kid w- was real. Not if he was insane. Like, he was... What if Negan was insane? No, this kid is far gone. This was another Lizzie. Either. I don't know. I just love the exercise because, like, you can like literally go. Wait, if if Brandon isn't real and this this kid and this mom aren't real, because it almost seems like far fetched. Also, like just being out there, my camp got overrun and blah blah blah. As camps do, because you have to also consider the fact, like, okay, what after all this time, me building these people's trust, and like he's probably even thinking to himself, because it's the thing. It's the thing we talked about last week about self fulfilling prophecies. If you think about um, somebody in in a certain way for so long, they will no matter how they what they do 
they will always do something like like re- with regards to Lydia they will always do something that will make you think aha you you are what I thought you were and so <laughs> it's like a self no matter what you do it's a self-fulfilling prophecy they're gonna be what you make them out to be so I'm thinking to myself yeah I didn't free me but here I am and this town is shitsville I'm, I'm gonna go you know it's getting hot in here and I gotta go and so now, he goes and now he's like thinking to myself did I make the right move did I you know what are they gonna think about me after all this time of me trying to just keep my head down and, and help mm-hmm. out in the community doing the laundry doing the shit work you know picking tomatoes I'm happy to do it love being indoors <laughs> love having protection of communities because he even says like there's so many things and I'm gonna get to a point there's so many things that he says to Brandon he says when um, Brandon was like kind of slagging Rick off about community he goes yeah that's no bullshit mm-hmm. and so he's agreeing with Rick right I want to get your ideas on this because right but I think that him and Rick did have the same idea in terms of communities because Negan had his own community too they just operated their communities in a very different manner very but, different manner but I think that they both realized that people are resources and you can't live as an entity among yourself and just kind of isolate yourself and say you know screw this I'm going to go off on my own it's like you're not going to get very far you you need the assistance of a community you need the resources of a community yeah the only difference is yeah Negan's like uh you're gonna be part of our community no matter <laughs> what and Rick's like and and the charter says no one person will be forced to be a part of this or said community a person can transfer to another community this is all right. in a blog and I'm going to probably now have to link it because um, I think the thing is that Negan did not have a lot of faith in people's no, um, people's um, well he didn't have a lot of faith in people's <laughs> capability to make their own decisions I guess like he like felt they like need, he, they, they need, need guidance yeah he they need like their they, heads pointed in the right direction they need to be told and what and I mean we saw points in those earlier seasons like season seven and eight during the savior war I mean, it actually, specifically when Negan and Father Gabriel were stuck in that trailer mobbed by walkers, and eventually they get they make their way out into the sanctuary. And at that time, it was like freaking almost chaos was erupting when Simon was like at the home and nobody knew where's Negan, what's going on, or whatever. And like it was about to go into like madness when Negan shows up, does his savior whistle, and everybody bows down and like you know basically well, falls down, in line. Yeah. yeah, kneels down and everybody falls in line. And so his his role has always been that without a very strict hand, people will fall into chaos. Like Saddam you- Hussein. <laughs> yeah. I Which, mean, by the way, some Iraqis like still think about this, and they still go, "Well, we needed that." And some people do. Crazy, and he looks kind of some- like Saddam Hussein. <laughs> oh, don't insult! Like- do not insult him like that. That's no, but so- like with the with the beard. <laughs> <laughs> the new white beard and uh, it's it, but if you see pictures, it's I mean, like crazy. I mean, if you if you probably if I, I can see what you're saying, if you probably deck him out, sure, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, no, don't get stuck on that point. But I no, continue. No. I'm sorry, but yeah. I agree. I think that there are certain people that need to be told what to do, and even I mean, shit. Even in terms of a workplace condition, there are some people that can work very autonomously on their own, and there are some people that need to be directed what to do. And if they don't have somebody telling them to do this and do that, they are lost, and they can't, you know, they can't think for themselves, and they can't just kind of like be self-sufficient. Some people are not self-sufficient, and I think that he kind of felt that most people were not. 
Whereas like Rick's group, Rick has been fortunate or Rick was fortunate that his core group of people were very martial, you know, like they've been through some shit. So they and all they've were, earned their trust and they've earned their trust and their place. And they're overall when, good people. But remember when, <laughs> except for killing everybody in a satellite station in their sleep, but like when they, <laughs> yeah. when they went to Alexandria, remember when they first went there, they were like, man, these guys are like powder puffs. Remember, they were basically like, these people are wimps. These people yeah. are not going to, like, they kind of, you know, also went in there like, these people don't know a thing. You know, they need to be, like, whipped into shape or whatever. And, I mean, granted, most of them did die <laughs> during the raid. Oops. No, not the raid. The, the, the walk. No, well, the wolves. Well, that too. A bunch <laughs> of things, yeah. A bunch of things yeah. that, like, hit Alexandria. But, yeah, Poor like, them. they... I know. But they weren't equipped. That's the thing. It was the uh, device of their own making, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's like what people say about, like, kids, you know, if you don't expose them to this, you know, their immune system was going to be weak. So that's that's really the lesson of Alexandra. You kind of got to get your hands <laughs> a little dirty, literally, almost. Yeah. The lady in the charter bus says, calls the walkers hissers. That's a new one. That's a new one. Mm -hmm. Right? You d if you didn't watch carefully, you would have definitely missed it. Mm -hmm. um, Did you guys get made? Um, Andrea on the RV vibes because I definitely did like when I saw that scene and she was kind of like in the back and like kind of like cringing and stuff it definitely gave me Andrea and the RV vibes and it also when he first got on the bus it made me feel of like when Rick and him were on that bus like after the clearing in that episode like it definitely gave me like I don't know if it was just the environment the enclosed no, it, space maybe. or whatever it just I don't know. Are you speaking more words. like TV, Andrea? Yeah, TV, Andrea. Okay. I'm sorry. Could there even be like a connection uh, in some way to the comic? Because she had survived, period, right? How long did she survive? Andrea survived. Well, Andrea comic. Was, yeah they took in a different direction. Like right. she was kind of like the love interest, not so much Michonne. So right. she made it really far. Right. Right. Did she make it this far? Like technically? Yeah. I think yeah. she did. Right. Yeah. Into the whisper war and all that. Hmm. Could there be a tie in somehow between her and uh, no, this lady? And no, okay. I, it's worth asking because like the fact that you bring it up could be something, but I don't know. But yeah, but the one that's, and that was another thing that like made me fucking crazy because the sounds she was making, mm -hmm. like her screams sounded like the pig in the beginning of the episode. Oh God, that was creepy too, Am I wrong? wasn't it? Did you hear that? The squealing pig, that was kind of creepy. Uh, but yeah, even more so, like the scream she was making from the from the bus sounded like that. And it really like frightened me. It, like, again, like thinking back to like Brandon isn't real. The scenario isn't real. <laughs> I think that whole scenario was really cool because it, it does get to illustrate like if you you are talking about narrative or if you're talking about Brandon isn't real or whatever or if it is real just from a writing standpoint to show how first of all I think Negan's always loved children yeah he ran instead of like Brandon was so nonchalant that yeah he was sort of like whatever all like, right when Negan like heard the screams and instantly ran to the bus Brandon's like yeah Oh, okay. We're like heading over there. That kind of like, no, not even making it. He's just like the same old creepy stare. Just turns his head to the right and be like, I guess I'm going over there now. <laughs> like, like a Muppet. So weird. Go dance. I'm going away. <laughs> All right. And so, so like no bizarre. reaction. No reaction. And then like, and then like watching him dispatch the, the walker. It's like, he's like, like, he's Negan. Negan. like what? <laughs> well, that's why he kind of looked at him like, what? Yeah, mega awkward, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like a letter weird. Kenny nod there. <laughs> but um so weird. 
But, I mean, yeah, it's just too goofy to be real. And, and, and But, like, I want to go back to the whole kind of heartwarming thing, which is, like, kind of contrasting that with uh, him saving this real or imagined woman and child and then going through that whole story about the, the airplane and nut tapping. And, I mean, I figured hmm. that you guys talk about that a little bit. <laughs> but, like, what did you like about that? Because, for me, it was, like, the illustration of how this shows, A, the kind of person that he's always been or always at least wanted to really express more more often like the things that Carl said like when did this get away from you or when did this turn I mean, into something else I mean I honestly that was part of to me like the biggest bummer when they killed off Carl was more because I was really looking forward to seeing that Negan Carl dynamic because I knew that this what we saw of Negan with um what was the name of this? Milo Milo like that dynamic is very much what you see in the comics between Negan and Carl especially because Carl in the comics is kind of of similar age to um Milo now to Milo at at a certain point yeah yeah maybe somewhere between Milo and Brandon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. But I mean, it's you kind of you got to see that, you know, you're going to cut to see Negan sort of in the comics kind of take this young Carl and kind like over of, the years, over basically. the years. Yeah. yeah. Basically kind of be this sort oh. of like maybe surrogate dad or like uncle, you know, mm-hmm. who kind of like, you know, tells him all the things and teaches him all the things that your dad won't tell you, but you know, he will or whatever. And like not he has tapping. a, <laughs> right. Yeah. And he has like affection, you know, right. For him, you know, right. like maybe that's the intention behind this too. Like, like you get to Maybe. see young Carl, and you get to see eh, Brandon, and this weird kind of mix between this what what could end up being with a savior kid and what he could have had with Carl as a as a young boy, right? Over the so course I was of always, six years, right? And I think even Jeffrey Dean Morgan himself said that when they killed off Carl, that he was kind of bummed out about that too, because he was looking forward to that aspect. He was yeah. looking forward to that playing out on the show. Right, you know? but I bet he's so much more over. And I know I am, and th- and maybe this is me. And this is not a slight on Chandler Riggs. This is more of like a holy shit on Judith Grant. And sorry, Kayla oh yeah, Fleming. yeah. I'm certain because she is so she articulates the process so well, and like mm-hmm. she is a prodigy in my opinion. And mm-hmm. it's no wonder that Jeffrey Dean Morgan like bent over backwards to get in her favor. Like with the whole, yeah. do you remember the whole fondue fountain thing? Oh, you, you don't remember the story? He oh. bent over backwards to get this chocolate fondue fountain from like Amazon that's, or whatever. He talked funny. about this last year, and like, and not only that, but wearing the um. I know about wedding the wearing the onesie. The onesie? Was it yeah. Care Bear? But it was those it was two the... things. Yeah, yeah. It was the uh, rain, rain, rain. Grumpy Bear or, or was it Grumpy Bear? bear. Oh or yeah, grumpy. could have been Grumpy Bear. But yeah, but he talked about this just getting this for her birthday and then like, you know, and just like trying to get in her favor and kind of to kind of also to help her with her character, obviously, mm-hmm. but like also to kind of like, you know, I want us to be friends and stuff like that. And I think that was kind of cool. He does this on Talking Dead last year. Like when you see this is like near episode five, I think, or six. All this to say is kind of like, yeah, I mean, look, you sacrifice this one kid who's been on the show since the beginning. But, you know you you know if you're gonna do that you better have something in your pocket and they yeah they pulled out a nugget of gold on that one you mm-hmm. know 
I do think Brandon is real. Um, I also think that he represents the savior in Negan. And when he kills Brandon, he's cutting that part of him out. So that's a good one. I do think he's real, but he's also symbolic in that yeah. way. That's kind of totally. what I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, totally. it, it, it's multi use. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, um, on, you know, talking about how we're going to be putting on different masks, I think I think Negan is going to put on put on, put back on the Negan mask, like you were saying, to sort of infiltrate the Whispers. I mean, I think yeah. he, it's going to appear that he's reverted back to his old ways in order to win these people over. Yeah, right. 100%. And yeah. why, why I brought that up is because he's so concerned about being recognized when he to, by wearing the leather and having the bat, mm-hmm. like with mm-hmm. Brandon. And then he's like looking at the bat after this is all said and done, killing Brandon after he killed the lady in Milo. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, oh, I want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and that's, that's, there's so many, and I say this, I say this, and you know me, I've always been trying to find the middle when it comes to Negan. Like, yes, there's this, and yes, there's that. You know, yes, if it would have been anybody else, like if we focused on Negan and the Saviors, this could have been a completely different show and we would have been on his side, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. But, and yet, there's Abe and Glenn and then there's really they took and then they let people have half <laughs> really nobody was every like it's they they not only they didn't save voluntarily they saved by force you know like anybody they came yeah. across you were saved congratulations mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> there's that so there's all these things you could say about it but I so prepare yourselves I mean I am rooting for Negan I am fully in support of him I, I, I know his intention I know his intention is not to revert and I'll tell you the line that tells me that there's a specific line after all the things we've said just now that um, he does the little pig little pig thing at the yes. end right yes and what does he say at the very end right before he gets knocked down does anybody want to tell me let's do this nope you just be- before that that's after he got knocked down Oh, before he, he oh, says, there you are. Uh, and then he sees a few walkers. He says, I'm going to blow your house all the way in. Oh, okay. Okay. Because little pig, little yeah. pig, let me in. I'm yeah. going to huff. I'm going to puff. I'm going to blow your yeah. house all the way in. And that's just right before. He says he manages to get that out right before Beta knocks him down. Right. Okay. So okay. what does that tell you? <laughs> He's he's going he's going specifically to tear them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, they they there's they, they're thinking he's just making noise, but he it there's intention there. No, he's trying to infiltrate. That's he's, he's yeah. He's, he was looking for them. Right. Yeah. I I think he's not only good. He is sacrificing himself for this community. That is. How huge. Well, I mean, he's got to know there's a high factor of uh, a high possibility of him getting killed. So I don't think he I don't think he is meaning to sacrifice himself, but he's willing to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's I, not trying to, but I. Well, no, no, no. He's not Carol. That's what's. That's why I want to bring it back to Carol and him. This guy is strategically using his talents. It's like everything he's ever done in his life, all the confidence, all the the knowing people, like reading people really well, using people as a resource, knowing himself, using himself as a resource, but then also. Like, 
like the value of community, the value of protecting, saving what's yours, not sacrificing your group, knowing what to protect and how to protect it. Like, and that's the huge difference between Carol and Carol and Negan. It's like Carol is just scorched earth. She is again like a bazooka in a knife fight. You don't want to use that resource unless you have a guided weapon system behind it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Carol left to her own devices is dangerous. And yes. you no, know, we can praise her all she wants for how far <laughs> she's come. And I'm there. I'm with you. But hell hath no fury. And, but also like it, it, it's not even hell hath no fury. Sure. Yeah. For her friends. Sure. But now with this new like like bent of like vengeance like for her own self and her own feelings and what she's been through. Like, I think oh it's all for, for Henry. I mean, Henry is really what drives the revenge. Yeah, I mean, no, if for it, sure. If it were if it were someone else's child, she would be. I mean, she would be just as upset, but she would be much more clear minded. Yeah, about it. in yeah. fact, like how? Yeah, I mean, how far should we go to? Would she go to the mat for that too? I'm I'm not even sure. Right. Like, she would be in the right place at the right time for what is needed, right? But right. for herself, it's like right. that's that's what kills me. She's she's not she's willing to blow up the world to get to that thing. Oh yeah, and, and as you seen it and i'm bringing the sneak peek now because you do see in the next episode that she's fucking crazy she <laughs> is think, <laughs> i think there's a little bit of intelligence behind what she's doing but to say it in the plainest terms possible she's trying to con i'm hoping that this is the case because it's not even said but this is me being generous and saying i think she's trying to figure out whether this horde exists what i really think is she is she's and this is what she says she says she is going to kill all the Horde. <laughs> Doesn't she say destroy it? Yeah, herself. It's not, it's not very rational. She's not fucking crazy. Well, Carol, think about what happens in the comics, though. I mean, a very yeah. small group of people make that happen. So they it's do. Not, it's not that far fetched. It's not that far fetched. <laughs> but, but, but one person, and then Daryl's like, okay, I'll come with you, you fucking crazy person. <laughs> you know, like, am I wrong, though? Do you, and, do you we, not think that Carol assumes? that the community would rally behind her. I mean, I think in her mind, she's like, no. I can do it myself. <laughs> I love that you're like, no. She thinks she, thinks she can do it herself, but we all know that the community is going to rally behind her. Well, A, let's just be clear. At the end of the day, she's never really alone. No, no. And and let's be real clear. I don't think she's thinking. I really well, no, don't. She, no, she is out for blood. That's it. She sees <sighs> red. All she sees right now is red. Yep. Or or let's just let let's just be fair, right? Like not even red. Uh, she can't see beyond her own grief. There's like these blinders on that is so overwhelmingly and so like just crushing that she feels that this is her only way out of that feeling. Yeah, and that's tragic. That's death actually yeah like that's how someone dies like yeah. in the comic in the tv show that's how people die just blinded by not overcoming and that's what that's what the show is good at helping people become i mean if they survive what they were meant to be or closer to what they were meant to be and right now it does that doesn't look like that's what she's doing she looks like she's and that's why i say like i i'm almost like i don't want her to make it to alpha because it's circumventing the thing that she needs needs like she needs to grapple with the grief yeah maybe she needs to kill alpha sure but as long as only in as much as it, like it helps her become like a more complete person otherwise it's just for nothing like it's just masturbatory I, I tell my son all the time you cannot solve a problem when you're angry you have to calm yourself down you have to 
you know, breathe slowly. You need to get yourself back in a good headspace and then try to tackle whatever problem it is that you're having. Because when you're up here, you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna solve your problems. If she does go, you know, full fully at alpha right now, I, I think alpha will kill her. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't. I think Alpha would have the upper hand at this point. So right. Carol, Carol needs to go through some more shit. She needs to get her head back on straight before she can before mm-hmm. she can take that out. I do. I mean, I still. I still want her to be the one to do it. That's what I want. Right. As, gotta, as a mother? She's got to get her head. Yeah. Oh, way, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, but she needs to get her head on straight first or yeah. else she's going to be then. She's going to end up being the one that dies. Yeah. yeah. And none of us want that. None <laughs> of us. <laughs> except no. unless she tries. Like, this is like the. I'm just being facetious, no, facetious here. <laughs> unless she gets Daryl killed. Okay. That bitch better stop it. I'm kidding. Just kidding. But you know, there's people out there I like mean, that. I mean, if it came down to the two of them, I would still choose her over him. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I probably would too. I don't know. I mean, gun right. to my head. I mean, I'm kind of actually kind of. I'm liking this Daryl. I'm liking that he's like open. I'm liking this Daryl a lot. Like honestly, but it's it's mostly because he speaks now. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he, I, we've talked about this before. And, like, and, Darryl, in more than one language now. Yes. Impressive. <laughs> Bilingual Daryl. Bilingual. Like next week he's gonna be talking in French, you know, like who knows? Like just gonna get so much depth to Daryl, you know? <laughs> or like, but, you know, at least a little. No, but it's like we we we're getting more. Like I mean, for like two seasons, it was just sort of like grunts, you know, and that was it. It was like, come on, man, you know. Like now, we're actually seeing him like really be a participant in this community, an active participant, you know. Yeah. So no, I'm loving this, Daryl. It's like game theory. It really is. It's like we've been playing. We were addicted to the slot machine that never pays off or like rarely (laughs) pays out, right? But now it's starting to be like. Whoa, 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 I won two in a row. <laughs> you're like, it's finally happening. Right. And and you're so in it that, like, now you just can't stop. Now you're like, oh, Daryl, wow. every week, please. <laughs> Please, <laughs> can I have more sign language? Please. Oh my God. Here's here's a very interesting thing. This is a case study on me, okay? okay. Because for all the things about like the Carol and Darylers, for all my trying to step back and say, okay, there's no real evidence. I'm now I'm starting to do that with him and Connie. Like I'm I'm looking at it and being like, okay, I see that, I see that, and I see that. <laughs> And I'm trying not to be this person that rushes to the other camp, you know, just because <laughs> I think this thing is dumb and bullshit. <laughs> but like, <laughs> no. And so this, we talked about this sort of like, like I try not to run to to one side or the other. I kind of just take it all in, and then I'll I'll be like, well, this is what I think, be based on this, this, and that. And until I see more of this, I'm not I'm not going there. And so I see the hand holding. That was kind of I just I did feel like a little like like goose pimples like uh you know goosebumps I did get a little of that and I was just like that's very interesting uh huh <laughs> what yeah. did you guys think of like some of the interesting moments like Rachel what were you, what was your kind of reaction um I found it very interesting that Daryl opened up and shared a very personal story with Connie when just the other episode we were saying how Daryl doesn't do that in Carol's hallucination. Right. Right. And it's here quick. he goes doing and it. Here he d- and here he did it. <laughs> right. Good point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I again, it's cute. I mean, that's, I don't really know that's something. what I what uh, I don't really know what that means. 
No, but right, it's right. I'm with you. I'm with so you. I wrote it down. Girlfriend, I am with you. <laughs> I I'm just, with you. I just didn't want to forget that because I might want to remember that later type Although, of thing. I want to say something. And totally. I'm, it's not to say one way or the other. Again, I'm just, just got to pluck it and just put it in the back and then just be like, okay, it's there. There's nothing. Who knows? Until <laughs> I see a kiss, that's that's when I'll know. But and Then we'll know. Yeah. For sure. I mean, then it's like, oh, that's interesting. Where is this going? Then we'll go Then there. they'll know too. Right. However, like they got to do that. <laughs> do you remember when Daryl gives Connie the con- the sign for family? Yes, right. Like, mm-hmm. And he does it sort of wrong, but it's kind of like he does it wrong, but it's yeah. okay. It was recognizable. But you saw her say she did this, and I'm gonna have to explain it. So she does you and me, like, and then she family. does family, and that mm-hmm. to me, and it wasn't in the subtitles. If you if you weren't looking, because some people when they watch TV they don't look, and Daryl kind of just. <laughs> Just walks away. Yeah, he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> all right, cool, bye. <laughs> I gotta go with Sadiq back home. Um, they give but, her a nod, don't they? He's like, yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. yeah. Takes off. Yeah, I just thought they could have could have lingered on that a, l- a tiny, <laughs> a tiny, just a little bit, just a little bit they longer. They could have sealed it with a kiss. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean. Yeah, but I, I, I just wanted to note that because I think if people didn't notice that her, just her doing the you and me thing, family, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's a bold move on Connie's part. I think, and I think she's been prone to making at least some bold moves when it comes to Dara, like just kind of like, like standing up for herself, asserting herself, um, trying to gain his respects, not only by fiat, but also by like just convincing him and making good arguments, you know, and, and proving herself over and over again with him and to the point where like now he respects her um, he's looking forward to speak to her and again I'm standing back I'm just collecting the data and I'm not making a decision or thought one way or the other I like the idea of it much better than than he and Carol and not to be the shipper guy but like only because I was thinking about today I'm like thinking doesn't it strike you that that Daryl and Carol like there's just a lot of baggage and, and in some ways like I mean maybe it's wrong time like timing is all or maybe it's there's a little bit of a like a poisoned well effect also with all they've been through it's like ah, do I really want to dip into this well you know it's, there's it's yeah. fraught I mean if you've if you've known someone for the number of years that you've known they've known each other and you've gone through the number of things that they've gone through there is a love that's there for sure absolutely mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know how much that would translate to a romantic love and I've always said that if they were, were to go there it just cheapens it you know because well, that it doesn't address the complexities. Right. Their relationship is far more complex than if it were just to go the romantic route. Whereas with Connie, there isn't that. I mean, you need to have a certain level of depth, depth to the relationship and not to the extent of him and Carol where it's, you know, so much, there's so much more intimacy there um, that it's just too complex. So I could see Connie more so. Um, but still, like, Daryl's always been, like, asexual to me, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. When you. By the way, I got that from you. Like, I'm like, this oh, really? makes way more sense. Because you, yeah, you were the one who brought it up. I'm like... On a narrative sense, it's game theory all over again. Like, if they don't do anything with this guy, that's it keeps people hanging on and pulling that plot, you know? And and I'm like, that, I like that. Because you know what I said. I said, oh, Daryl's gay. Makes sense. (laughs) It's all about Aaron, I think, maybe a little. 
Because you remember that He's, whole thing. Yeah. By the way, I like, I, I, I like that we know that Aaron is from Vermont. I was like, okay. Tell me more. Why, cool why? people. No, I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, I just found it endearing. That's all. Like, he sees like a, a freaking whisper like in the woods with like a gash in their hand. And he's like, Hey, you know, it's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm from, from Vermont. Where are you from? It's like, that's kind of random. Yeah. <laughs> like I, of all things I would say, I probably wouldn't be like, I'm originally from New York. Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know? it's like home of Ben and Jerry's and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so that's all I thought when he said that. I was like, that's all I I'm thought. I'm here too. to give like, me healthcare. Like, okay. Like, all right. Aaron's cool. <laughs> he gave her bandages. So yeah, exactly. He Free healthcare for Free all whispers. Free health care for all. I was like, there you go, Aaron. There you go. We have to address that the top 1% of Alexandria. I'm sorry. I I can't stop. I thought Alpha was going to not be pleased seeing her with her hand bandaged up. I wasn't sure what direction that was going to go. Yeah. yeah when I was watching either. that, I was like, I don't know exactly how this is going to go. I love I the Ga- discomfort in not knowing initially. Yeah. It's I don't think so that Gamma great. even knew what was going to, how she was going to respond. I was surprised she even used it. Yeah. Yeah. She actually used it, but she had a nasty that's, get, that's gash on her. You, yeah. and I also think if Carol and Daryl had a romantic relationship, Relationship and it didn't work out, then we would lose a terrific friendship. Yeah, I'm not willing to risk that. Yeah, no, I wish that's a good you. point. I and mean, that's kind of my point too. Like, you know, that's why I said at the when the show ends, last mm. episode, boom, and then we don't have to see the fallout. We just yep. in our minds, they're happy together forever. That's all we need <laughs> right. to know. I mean, I think that w- that's what bothers me about what's going on now. Is that like, I mean, I like Carol, and it's like the way things are moving. I, I'm just trying to see where it is that she'll pull back. Like, mm. Is it Zeke? Is it knowing that he's sick? I, that I made know. me sad. I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, if that, he ever finds the courage to tell her, even that is the saddest story in America. That was very sad. I mean, although there were a lot of people who the story really resonated with in terms of like cancer survivors that really appreciated that storyline i was reading yeah yeah people people don't real, realize about that is that like you're on you're on medication for life to address the fact that you don't have a thyroid anymore and a specific mm-hmm. diet that doesn't trigger what you have you would have to make up with with a lack of thyroid you know it's your right. life is forever different you know it's yeah. not it's not nothing you know mm-hmm. you, you may be cured but you know you have to live a certain way and you know of course. Something. i actually then, thought it was gout at first Oh boy. And right, that wouldn't be far fetched either. But yeah. And I, uh, but I, then I'm like, how would that even ha- like? Don't you don't you get that from like a- like excess fatty foods and and stuff? Uh, yes, but also like um. I don't think there's a lot of that going it's, on in the. It's a buildup of yeah, it's a buildup of ammonia in your system. Yeah. Like your body doesn't know what to do with the toxins. Now I want to go back and see how long Zeke's had like a scarf on in all these past episodes. I know, right? It's been a few actually. Yeah. Like I literally can't like thinking back. I'm like I. Don't I can't picture him with or without one. Like I can picture it both ways. So I don't. Right. Know, I, don't know. I don't know about the first episode, but I noticed it in, in the other ones. I'm like, oh, it's a new look. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, because he typically wears more. Or no, maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, he either wears too much or he wears the um, the 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 armor, like the, the body armor. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Either the frilly stuff or the body armor. Never the right. twain. And he, this is him in a long sleeve shirt with a scarf on. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was like a weird, maybe he's getting used to the hilltop. I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
and, and it adds to the fact that like he was so paralyzed in the episode before too like mm. i'm a dead man walking what do i know you know right like, yeah no well, it makes sense i can't i can't save my kingdom i didn't save my kid i couldn't save my marriage I can't save myself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, f- I find it really, and then, and like you look online and occasionally you hear crazy, stupid things from stupid fans, like just berating the character, you know, and, and it's just kind of like, what? why? This is why for you, what? this is why you're supposed to watch, like for being a weak ass man, like, oh, you deserve to what? die. You know, yeah, that's that's the, insane. I'm being mild wow. here because there's some other like racist things that oh, <laughs> are going on. Uh, well, yeah. I guess there's a flare up. Yeah. You know, it happens every now and again, but. Jeez. I mean, like, and I try like to I don't know like I kept I kept trying to think to myself is this an exercise like do I have to entreat not the racist stuff but like the do I have to entreat like because I always try to like see things from other people's point of view and like allow them to exercise that demon and like at least put it present it in a manner in which they, it's defensible and and I didn't look between and this is just me being real like it, it's been tough to kind of do all this like recording and editing and doing all the stuff that we need to catch up on and 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 you know and i want to grapple with the fandom a little bit more and bring stuff on the table and yeah. it's just been tough and so i don't have time for that <laughs> just no no thank you uh i mean as much as i want to because i do i like I, I like a little challenge i like people to explain themselves in a better way and and tell me what you're saying but without all the stupidity can you tell me how you really feel and this is me not saying it the right way way i would say it but whatever but yeah i kind of i do want to know what people are thinking why they think it and if it just comes down to survival like you're not watching for the right reasons you should stop watching the show because the show has been trying to move on from survival since last year yeah yeah we're a hundred percent. One notable thing about looking at Aaron and looking at Negan is that it does remind me a little bit about Fear the Walking Dead when it comes to Alicia's character. Now, Alicia gets PTSD as well. She's gone through bouts where she's tried to give Charlie the, the flash suppressor sword, right? <laughs> the sword thing. And um, and she's t- she took it back the first time in season four, and she gave it to she finally gave it to um, Strand in season five, and she was concentrating on the painting thing. And then at at one point, like near the last few episodes, she took it back because she felt like she could wield it and not be burdened with trying to overtask herself with trying to be something that she's never going to be you know like to be more than she is and mm-hmm. and and then be stricken by all the PTSD but then you see stuff like that with like Aaron Aaron for the first time yeah for the first time is wielding what I think and what I think you would agree with me is is Jesus's sword yeah good point that right? was that did look like Jesus's sword right yeah oh looked- I, I noted that he had a new sword but I yeah I didn't I didn't play it. I just noticed it was a new weapon. It looked almost exactly like Jesus' sword. Yeah, it did, um, though. Or at least in a similar vein, let's just say. And in a, in a world where he has a mace hand, you know, like, what What do you need a sword for? What What is that about? That is very good. Tr- it's, that it, is a very good point. And, and, like, everything about him in this episode is almost like a return. Like It's like you said, Carol, there are certain vibes that, that I got from Aaron that we got from him when he was first introduced on the show. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm Aaron, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's how he came across. Oh, I'm sorry. I I just, I saw a thing on Facebook, I think it was, that compared those two scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And undoubtedly Instagram. Right. (laughs) And it it totally, I mean, it made sense, but I I think he knows it's not going to be that easy. (laughs) 
Of course. And but that's kind of my point. My point is it's a return, but it's not a senseless return. What did Jesus try to teach him in the during the time jump? He was trying to teach him how to fight. This is yes. Aaron who knows how to fight. Embracing mm-hmm. Jesus' sword is a return to kind of recenter him. What was I all about? What did Jesus love about me? He loved that I tried to go out of my way to find people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, what everybody loved about me, what Daryl loved about me, and converted him to be one of the followers of, of, of Aaron. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I like that idea. And now Negan is do, kind of doing the same thing, if you really, really think about it. Like Negan, who was revulsed by like almost looking at the jacket and looking at the... Or like to the other point is maybe he was too tempted by it. And maybe it was like, this is too... T- I can't be caught wearing this because I don't even want to be associated with that person anymore. It's too right. tempting. I might be that person if I took, took that on. So in the yeah. sense, there's that Alicia factor there. Like, well, I can't handle this right now. But then when he sees what happens, he's like, I, you know, if I don't put this on, our community, my community is in trouble. And yeah. so he, so he feels like he must put it on, and he embraces it, and he embraces it with style. And so there's these two things that are going on here that, like, at once, where they're trying these things on. And it's like we, I need to take this on now because, and I'm ready. And that's what it mm-hmm. feels like with Aaron, at least right now. I, I don't know how ready he is. Did you guys get to see the bonus scene, the extra scene yeah. with him after uh, Alpha tells Gamma to? try a new mask no i heard about it but i did not see it yeah it was kind of it's kind of cool it is kind of technically unnecessary but it does talk about it, the next scene is basically in the dark near the bridge and um she throws the rest of the bandages back to aaron and aaron's like california right um <laughs> she's like what <laughs> He's <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have. She goes, I don't have an accent. She's like, yeah, exactly, you don't have an accent. And it's California. kind of an extra scene, you know. I mean, like it's kind of like a. You get the sense that they're trying to communicate, and right. It's and interesting. I, yeah. And I told somebody, like, okay, he said the, the episode is already over time. Why don't they just throw the scene in? Like, because the episode's already over time, and the next episode might actually do it better. Right. Like, you might get a better scene than you than this one right here. Mm-hmm. Is that scene going to be in the next episode? I don't think so. Probably uh, probably not. I mean, it, do, it, I, it, it was specifically a bonus ep- bonus scene for this episode, meant for this episode. Oh, so I didn't even I didn't even know it was a thing. I yeah. Don't, uh, I don't know. if I, You can get it from AMC.com. But I, mean, I have uh, the premiere app. I yeah. watch it on on the app yeah I, th- I think I it's think it there would, like, pop up as a thing like after I'm done with the episode like here watch this <laughs> yeah it, it, regardless I'll, I'll I will put it in the notes so it, okay. for the next blog it'll have the link and everything it, it'll be in cool. the in the YouTube also yeah, eventually yeah uh, <laughs> Um, so that's kind of cool. So I like that. I like that point. Uh, walkers are still dangerous. Okay. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and people people talk. Fans talk shit about like, oh, walkers aren't that bad. These these people can handle like, well, no, they're like, lightweights. Yeah, but we if you can afford to, if you can afford to like not be there, <laughs> then do it. <laughs> Like it's yeah. not like you, you're going out to look for walkers, <laughs> you know. And so I like I I was terrified for Kelly in in yeah. the scene. They built well, that up. I, they they do a very good job with Connie and with Kelly. Like with Connie more more notably in the cornfield scene last season, that you know, great. with the baby. Just that sort of like trying to understand what they experience in terms of what it's like being in that kind of environment with a disability. It's very jarring because it's like you're not fully aware of the dangers around you. Like you have a disadvantage 
and how scary that is. You know, it's frightening. I think what I particularly liked about that scene is like how they would focus in on like the sounds of the a butterfly or, or this right. or that, and then like you zoom back, you know, flash back to Kelly, and she's like, "Oh, I can't hear shit." Mm-hmm. Pig squealing. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was wow. Jar- Oof. I almost like didn't. Oh well, yeah, we heard it. I think Brandon almost gave Negan the idea to infiltrate too when he says, "You know, enemy of my enemy." Right. Right. And then Negan kind of stops and thinks for a second, and he's like, "No." Thank. Well, I mean, he he no. does, yeah. But then ultimately, he says something else, right? But again, like every little scene with Brandon's, like, oh my god, is he real? Like, I could easily <laughs> see him not being real. I can e- like easily explain that away. Like even more so than Judith, yeah. right? <laughs> When he yeah. whistled wrong, I just was like nails on a chalkboard. Were you annoyed too? I was so oh, annoyed. So annoyed. When Brandon was whistling uh, wrong incorrectly, but then the one yeah. time he gets it right, obviously. Oh, I, chills, man! Like, chills. and you just knew something bad happened. Like, he finally yeah. got it right. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. He's not real. <laughs> <laughs> That so that was that was Negan trying to remember what the whistle sounded well, like. Well, no, no, but like it's the <laughs> dissonance in his brain. That's what it is. It's like he doesn't want to remember. He doesn't want to use it. Anyway, whatever. That's me being an asshole. I'm, I'm kind of a contrarian, but I also like these thought exercises. And it's just fun. It's fun. Like, what if? Like, I don't even want to be right. That's the thing. It's like, I'm not, I know I'm not right. Yeah, I'm not, if not you wrong. were right, it's a challenge. I mean, do, I mean, I appreciate the effort, and it, and and you're right. It is a cool exercise, but I would be really disappointed if I know that they weren't real because that's a whole chunk of an episode that doesn't matter. Like that right. didn't. Well, yeah. no, no. I think it, it does. Happen. It does show like what this character, what Negan is wrestling with, like what he's. But I would rather with, see what was actually happening. Yeah, not maybe. what was in his head. Yeah, but want, that would that make be a, sense? That would just be a repeat of last year, though, except minus the throwing up from the foul <laughs> water, right? So that's what I mean. See, you see, maybe you know we don't from? know. We exactly. don't know. But this, this is, is way more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> this is way more entertaining. I would be really disappointed. I've watched shows where they do that, where there's like a whole episode that doesn't even happen. I'm like, seriously? I can't even get that time of uh, my life back. We got that know. episode. Um, do you remember two episodes back, Ghosts? We got some Yeah, no, I was going to say. Yeah. And yeah. Were, were you but not entertained? Were, but those were hallu- those were hallucinations. Like, she uh, was... Uh, th- we saw what she was going through. We well, saw the real, I mean. and we saw the hallucination. Well, I mean, a whole thing... Of it not happening, like yeah. on other that, shows. Like that, I, I'm not saying that's I mean. what happened this time. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I'm sure some <laughs> things were real. I'm sure he talked to a uh, the bag of flour, uh, <laughs> Milo. Yo, kid, you're gonna learn it. Yeah, one day. <laughs> I also get a nut really, tap. <laughs> I I also really really enjoyed how when he was telling the airplane story and he was telling a, a personal story and he refers to Lucille and yes. he refers to her as his wife. Yeah. And in that moment, Milo Milo doesn't know what the bat is. Milo has no idea who Lucille is other than the woman he's talking about. And yeah. I just thought that was, I, I really liked that moment. Like, Negan had a chance to talk about his wife without as his wife. Those, yeah, just as his wife. Right. Yeah. It, I thought that was nice. I thought that was interesting, too, because like it kind of does take me back to the scene with him and Aaron and like thinking to myself, but did he let himself also kind of finally talk about his wife? You know, let's say with Gabriel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, you know... He did then, too, yeah. Like I said with... Well, not even back then, but like maybe over the years. Like, because he would visit him and he would it'd be like a therapy session and stuff like that. They, oh, the, sure. You know, there's an implication that they talk. And so, mm-hmm. which is why I think, you know, Gabriel kind of goes to bat for him a little bit, but... No pun intended. Mm-hmm. 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 
<laughs> Preach, girl. Which is why I said, like, in the episode of what we're talking about, like, okay, maybe the, the whole getting the information from the prisoner cell goes both ways. <laughs> so, you know, like, Aaron found out, you know, indirectly. Mm-hmm. Which says a lot about Negan, though, also. It's that, and kind of goes back to what Sadiq says to Zeke. We may not be able to get past it, but we should be at least be able to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe Negan found that out early. And maybe he's smarter than he... <laughs> he looks or whatever but um i mean not to bounce around but like yeah that whole scene illustrates also like how sadiq is like i'm i am just sick of just pretending like i've got this together i (laughs) should be able to talk about this shit and the look on on casey's on uh, ezekiel's face when he's like i just everybody's looking to me like i have some sort of and he looks at him and yeah and ezekiel's like yeah tell me about it (laughs) tell me how hard it is to be king please right <laughs> the, the perfect person, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the doctor and then the, the leader. Yeah. It's like and Sadiq sees that too. He looks at him and he's like, "Oh yeah, duh. Look who I'm talking to. Of course you know right. what I'm going through." Yeah, and then and then being the last person <laughs> to see your son alive. Oh, yeah, that's really yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm getting emotional. Why the fuck am I getting emotional? Yeah. Holy shit. I did think about that. No, it really just hit me really hard. No, but like when, when you're going through the episodes, like, I go, next scene, okay, I'm writing this down. No, you're like writing this down. It's like, yeah. wow, it hits you. Because I didn't even think about that until just now. Like, you were the last guy to see my son a lot. You saw my son get decapitated. Yeah. It really brings it home. It's really crazy. Yeah. And if what what I've been asked to mouth saying about like what he was possibly made to do is real, that's even way worse. Mm. And how does how does like someone like Zeke, you know, who probably doesn't have much longer to live anyway, look at Sadiq the same? Like how does he look at Sadiq? I don't know. I I don't want to be in his position. Like I how would you want how do you do you hug that person, say I I'm sorry I you had to go you. through that? Yeah. Well not even that I forget like I mean it, like what I've been saying is it's a mercy kill, right? Like it's like the cleanest kill, right? Mm-hmm. But It'd like, be hard not to ask for details. I, I mean, it would be hard to ask for details and not ask for them. Like, I would want to know, but then I don't want to know. But then I need to know, but I really don't want to know. <laughs> like, right. right. I, I would be so, so back and forth. And looking at Sadiq, knowing he has the answer and I, I could get it. I don't right. know. That would be a really awkward situation to be right. in. Right. And yeah. it's funny how, like, he chose the right answer the first time. And that, and that's what people do. I think people do try to do the diplomatic thing and tell people what they need to hear or mm-hmm. what actually happened the gory detail oh, in his in the story that he tells right but then he my, has to live with story, yeah. yeah and he has to live with those details and then i mean nobody yeah. nobody should be allowed to hear of it is that what you think or what he's thinking no it, i, I, I think i definitely think that's what he's thinking i it's, he kind of almost kind of says it he that's says a the, little nobody can know the details that i've seen and i have to hold it inside and i have to live with that forever it's like in philosophy they call it um you I call disagree it with that. The unknowable truth. Like, what if you knew mm-hmm. something? Like, the truth at all costs is what some philosophers call, uh, I forget what the actual uh, philosophy is called. Um, but there's some people that say, but what if there's a truth that if you find out about it and people know about it, that, that it's so great that it might end the world? You know, like, are there such things as unknowable truths? And that, and to me, that mm-hmm. is like, for him, it's, it is in some ways like an unknowable truth. Like, people cannot know what A, they either made me do or B, the gory details because it would just 
it mm. would just make people crazy. Like I don't know. Me as a person, I need I need details. I need to know everything. I that's how I get my closure, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a, a short little story of an example. But yes. when I worked at the animal hospital, uh, we had to euthanize both both of the cats. There was five. It was five months and one day apart. But they both got really. They were 18 years old. They got very very sick, and everybody was so emotional. And I mean, these cats were they were shop cats. They lived there. They were there longer than most of the employees. Wow. Um, and so when they had to be put down, um, I actually requested to, to be the one to hold them. I, I wanted, mm. I had to be there. I had to, I had to, I had to That's be there for that, yeah. that closure. If I would have stood outside wondering how it went and, and what they went through in their last moments, I wouldn't have been able to sleep. I had right. to be there. I had to know every detail. I would, I would have to be Sadiq in this situation. Right. Mm. <laughs> but Sadiq didn't mm. have a cho- choice. That's, Right. That's no, he didn't have difference. a choice. But but if I were an Alexandrian and he came back, I would be the one pulling him off to the side going, no, man, you need to tell me. I need to know. Mm-hmm. I, w- I won't tell anybody else, but I need to know. I don't think he would, even, mm-hmm. I don't think he would even tell you. That's, that's and then, the thing. And then I would be pissed. Like the unknown, and then I would get pissed. Yeah. And, then and I he bet, and I would have problems. I bet there are people that – and this is this may play into the to this season. It's like there are people that may – like be pissed at Sadiq or or like uncomfortable with what he knows, what he's been through. Well, I would just be pissed if he wouldn't share it with me. Right. I mean, I, I, obviously, nothing that happened is his fault. He he didn't ask for for this. He didn't volunteer right. for it. Right. Mm-hmm. But now he has the answers, and I need to know them. Yeah. But he gave his answer, though. That's the thing. No, he gave his answer. I need the answer. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the rest is details. Like, there's what he said, right. and that's what, what I need. There's what the heads <laughs> was on the pikes, and that, that it doesn't matter anymore, right? <laughs> It matters. I guess that's my that's my point. It matters to me. The well, details matter. Mm-hmm. Well, then on that yeah. point, I would love to see them play with that. Like at least narratively. Yeah. Like I mean, in that, like I almost don't want them to because I just feel like like how far are they willing to go in like throwing Sadiq in just crazy turmoil, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Like I, it's kind of <laughs> like, but honestly, it's in in some ways, and I and I know we're kind of bringing back comic book, but it is kind of like talking about like okay, do we want to enter into the whole rape thing? with the whisperers you know there's a mm. limit right isn't there like how how far you can talk about PTSD without triggering triggering other people or being like I don't think this is right anymore or like whatever I'm here for it if they can do it and they do it cleverly obviously I'm here you know like I give it a shot please I think it'd be great but yeah I mean oh my god torture, oh, torture porn I guess I, I, I maybe I wasn't clear as a as an Alexandrian I would need details as a viewer they can just sprinkle the truth all along <laughs> yeah but now but that's the thing but if, if they, I lived there and that was my community my people right I need to know right I mean but if they get to know why can't I know see that's the sick twisted part about right like yeah, like, yeah. now as a, you have as to a know viewer, as a viewer i don't need i mean sure if they want to give me all the details i'm like yeah like you said i'm here for it yeah. but i don't need that as a viewer as a resident i would yeah mm-hmm. yeah let's switch back to like magna and yumiko i don't know about you guys but i feel like we're getting a lot of backstory on these two and i guess i just hope it's going to lead somewhere because agreed 
a lot of information that, as of at this moment, is, in my opinion, redundant? unnecessary. Mm. Redundant mm-hmm. and unnecessary. Yeah. Unless it's going to play out down the road. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Because I'm, I'm thinking also, like... I hope so. I think it's implied that she did kill the person that she yes. was accused of yes. killing. how right? I took it as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And this person apparently raped her sister. Right. Now, did her cousin... It was her, her cousin. cousin. Sorry. Did, my did, bad. Did she say that? It's I got kind the impression of, he killed kind of her. Maybe so oh. said she was my co- little cousin. Yeah, why and he was he able to walk. On, why does he get to go on living? So I thought mm. he killed the, the cousin. Yeah, I don't know why I thought rape. Maybe because if he did not face repercussions for his actions, potentially, it could because obviously for it cases would be something such as that rape, would, right. that potent, there are loopholes you know, in terms of like whether you can prove it or not that can allow someone who's a rapist to walk free. But if it was a case where he was accused of murder, then you would think well, I mean not the same. I think it would be easier I think it would be easier for him to get off on murder than it would be the rape because if he if he raped her, she would be able to ID him. Um there would be DNA evidence involved. There's a lot more Mm -hmm. things there's a lot more ways to get I I think he it would have been easier for him to be a murder charge and we don't did it really get do we know if it got that far or did magna kind of take care of him before jury oh, yeah, made a decision I mean, oh. no 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 oh, it I sounds mean, like he got he got off he, he, he sounds off. like he got okay. off because the way she okay. made it seem no like he intended. gets to walk free you know okay so. all right that's okay yeah yeah so she yeah so she took care of it well <laughs> yeah. that's the thing so yeah. i guess what well, the reason why i thought it was rape also is because of it's kind of like i, I think what you're saying is is not right at all like i do find that when it comes to when it comes to rape I do get the sense that it's really in some cases it's really the burden of proof is a lot di- more difficult because the details can sometimes get murky right mm-hmm. I mean I think with murder it's it's a lot more concrete but when it's a, a lot of the times with rape it's a he said she said thing you know and some people I, are more careful that, than others I think that argument could be made for for both cases yeah, honestly no, I've true. seen I've seen true cases where it's ha- it's happened on on both sides in both yeah. cases circumstances reality versus uh, right, right. Expect I mean, in, yeah. in all actuality, it's hard to prove a crime, period. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Tom Segura. When he talks about, like, the true crime series, or not the true crime series, like, it's a reality television show where they follow cops around as they're trying to <laughs> trying to cops. put away people. <laughs> No, no, it's different. It's like these detectives. I can't remember what the okay. what, what the show that he's talking about, but it's like they always get the guy until the guy asks for their lawyer because at that point, it's game over. Like it's like, oh, mm-hmm. come on, just admit to it. Like the other people, the other nine people did. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but anyway, going back to that point though, as we're talking, I'm just thinking to myself. But what if it wasn't either of those things? What if it was like a, just like a drunk driver or like a like a manslaughter thing where it's that not, that is true too. Not yeah. really his fault. Like, there, there's a lot of anger in families for things like that, where a absolutely. drunk driver, you know, kills a member of their family, and the person is, you know, it, it is allowed to walk free because it wasn't any sort of premeditated attack. It was, you know, may not have been, or or a random accident. You know, right. it's 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 unfortunate, but it happens all the time, and it, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you know these families have lost their loved ones. You know, right, right. So, but it's like the idea of sub subverting ex- expectations how like you know some of you thought oh murderer i thought rape rapist and then like wait it's something that's kind of like okay it could be interpreted both ways but the reaction to that is extreme like a carol right. reaction but the line i was actually going to draw was more of like a 
why why did I draw a line from her to oh to Negan because Negan was a prisoner and she was in prison and I kind of drew a line between those two's because Negan's trying his best to reform himself mm-hmm. and meanwhile Magna's had this secret for all this time and I think she's been trying to reform herself like be aligned with this group be a part of something different and new and healthy so why are they hiding supplies that's what I was trying to understand it's like what purpose does this serve for them to be hiding supplies I mean we get the impression from the conversation between her and and, um, Umiko that like she's done this before like they go to other places and she kind of makes like a little kind of uh, oh secret stash right yeah secret stash so it's it's not the first time that she's done this right Um, we've seen that like Connie stash in the building right if you remember yeah Uh, with Beta and and yeah that's interesting yeah Yeah. it also sounded like that it also sounded like Magna used the previous stash because when you go questions her she's like what would that sound like she said well it would sound like it was a good idea (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I got the impression that the last stash she made proved human handy yeah Mm -hmm. but and it could also so it could be a couple things I know we're jumping um maybe down Magna's throat but I think also Mm -hmm. that there is an L there is an interesting element where with all Earl's talk about about just mouthing off all the time like we gotta stand up for ourselves (laughs) and then like Alden's being like I don't know what to think, man. I think about it every day, but I try not to go off the handle. I'm young and smart and not old and crotchety. Yeah, so and we get to see a little bit of that in that episode finally, like, you know, kind of Alden being like, yeah, but we don't really know what happened, blah, blah, blah. We do, actually, though, but I'll get to that. Um, but I, I so going back to Yumiko, sorry, going back to Magna, I think the part of it is kind of just, I'm doing this for my family. Like, you know, in case things go down, I can go back to here and then I can, we yeah. can rely on this when we need to go because we mm-hmm. might have to. Right. But I do think there is a couple of elements like Luke having left and maybe there's a sense of urgency that we're falling apart. Obviously, it's never been more clear in this episode that everybody is definitely looking to her the way they look to Tara, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. And this is a perfect opportunity, because I didn't bring this up in the last episode, to bring up the Hilltop formula, because every now and again, I have to bring it up, because it's real, okay? I brought up Magna and Yumiko last week, because we always thought Magna's, you know, it's Magna's group, and then Yumiko's, you know, the tactician, or whatever it is. But here's the Hilltop formula all over over again. What is the hilltop formula, you ask? Maybe, maybe not. So we have Gregory and uh, who was the second in command, technically, kind of, really? Like Jesus. E- either Jesus. Jesus or Maggie in certain respects, right? Right. Yeah. Maggie later on. Yeah. Jesus initially. And who was the more effective leader? Maggie. And who was the one in charge? Maggie. Gregory. Maggie. Well, Gre- Gregory. Well, Gregory, like technically. Oh. Right. I'm like, what? On depends paper. On, <laughs> depends on what month we're in. <laughs> who signs the checks? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> but like, but yeah, it, but it repeats itself like okay who do we see next as a leader tara uh n- not technically jesus with right. tara as his uh co-sidekick or and who's co-pilot. more effective true yeah. technically yeah you f- i forget jesus was technically the leader because tara's doing all the work right mm-hmm. exactly and what is what is Jesus doing? I'm having adventures. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with my sword. I want to fight. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't want to govern. And and bef- but before that, it was Maggie, right? Yes. And who yeah, was Maggie? And, Enid. Oh, uh, in Enid, or was it Jesus? I it guess was Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, it was Jesus. Jesus was like Maggie's right hand. And and at that time, Jesus was effective. Jesus was people were coming to Jesus to ask what's up. 
because they didn't trust some of them didn't trust Maggie like Earl and, and Tammy Rose and all that stuff okay. and that, they got into friction right. because of that yeah. so the, like, and right everybody after. looked to Jesus for the answers Gregory's overthrow yeah exactly yeah. but you see how the second in command is always kind of like the person people look to we'll feel more comfortable with and more effective and they get things done <laughs> the same sure. is true here Kind of reminds me of uh, high school where the you know you have a principal but it's the vice principal that really does all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or like okay, and it could be intentional. Like okay, the principal is meant to take all the shit, you know, mm-hmm. to take all the mm-hmm. slings and arrows. So they it's not it's not just that they you know they can't get any work done. But I, I've seen it before. Like your boss has to deal with so much shit that you don't even know about, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as a business owner, you know that, and I'm sur- sure you've seen that, Carol, every now and oh, then yeah. between mm-hmm. bouts of anger <laughs> yeah. over that. I mean, I've seen it too. Like, like where Magnus was technically the leader of this group, kind of, really, sort of, and now Yumiko is the one who's naturally being looked to as the leader. You know, as, as the person who gets things done, right? Well, Yumiko's the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talk to the lawyer, you don't talk to the uh, client. She knows how to govern. <laughs> Um, but back to the drama, though, it kind of goes beyond almost their relationship, like the relationship troubles we talked about last week. It goes into, you've always thought of me this way. Or Magna is like, it, like I said before, there's a lot of self, uh, self-fulfilling self prophecies going on in the season, like mm-hmm. along with PTSD, obviously, but like, <laughs> there's like no shortage. But like, yeah, self-fulfilling process, prophecies, you've always thought of the, me this way, like a, as a criminal. Mm. And, or at least in at the very at least reckless or stupid mm, um yeah. do you think that's true though i think that she probably thinks that umiko has always kind of like tried to be the wise person in her life and so at a sometimes when you have you know either a friend or or someone in your family who's always trying to get you on the right path or talk you into kind of like getting in line and stop being so crazy sometimes like you can kind of interpret what's being said to you is like patronizing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Judging, patronizing, like condescending. And sometimes it's not valid. Sometimes the person's not being any of those things, but you're already very much on the defensive. And maybe you've always been on the defensive because you're used to being kind of like attacked or ridiculed or whatever, that you're just on a heightened level of sensitivity. So that when someone does try to kind of steer you on the right path, you kind of feel like, okay, well, here comes this one sitting, getting on their high horse or on their pedestal and kind of telling me, you know, the riffraff, what I should and shouldn't be doing, you know? So, but when she goes on this like tirade, she kind of, you know, even says like, you know, when, when, you know, you came into that room like 13 years ago, which I was like, damn, 13 years ago, these guys have a history, you know? So 13 years ago, she says in your fancy suits and like, you know, I was waiting for her to say your fancy degrees and stuff, telling me, you know, what's, what I should and shouldn't be doing. But she feels like, look, I did what I needed to do because it was the right thing to do at that point, And I don't regret it, you know? Right. So she doesn't want her to look at her as some like over emotional, like, you know, uh, loose cannon or something, you know, or like she, uh, Carol, really a little. Kind yeah. Of like, I mean, she feel like she, she did it for a very clear reason. Right. Practical, practical, like this is why. And this is it, and I'm justified in why. So, mm-hmm. but it's interesting, yeah. you know, this backstory. But it's like you said, Rach. I don't know what this is going to lead to. I don't know necessarily what what where they taking this. But I guess we'll see. Well, it also allows us, I guess the point really in in thinking in that way is like, well, what is going to make us care about it? Yumiko obviously cares about that, but like, we don't care. 
<laughs> so they well, have to they have to I make mean, it so I, that we care. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, well, I, and, I, and I think it's still breadcrumbs. Yeah. yeah. There's more. They could also they could also be setting us up for a death. Well, you saw that next week on Talking Dead, we have a surprise guest. Which not to say that that means anything. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. But if Gimple has to be there, ooh. He <laughs> is one of the guests. Ooh. So yeah. I'm like, That's why I say, yeah. In my opinion, that would be um, a relevant reason to share such a deep backstory and give us these little, you know, nuggets of their of their history mm-hmm. to to draw us more into those characters, to make us care about those characters more. The more we know about right. them, the more we care about them, the more devastating their deaths are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I brought in Negan too, because in comparing Magna to Negan, because I think in spite of all of this, I think she's tried really, really, really hard to try to be different, like or try to well maybe not get anybody to see her that way. And you see a little bit of this with uh, Michonne last year. Like, you know, I am who I am, but, you know, I don't judge me based on what you see, mm-hmm. you know? Or what Magna you hasn't just flat out killed anyone in cold blood, so I think she's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, and Yumiko should, Yumiko should know that. I mean, now she right. knows. And I guess that's really hard. It's kind of like, I mean, let's put ourselves in Yumiko's shoes, right? Yeah. What if you were in this marriage, let's just call it a marriage of 14 years, right. and you found out that. that, like, you know, the beginning of it, maybe not that far in, but like, I don't know, let's just say like uh, two years later and it, in a 14 year relationship that you, they cheated on some, they cheated on you with someone else. I mean, that's, a, that's a lot of post hoc information, right? That's mm, quite a mm. leap though. Right. But is it ha- wrong? Is it wrong that I would be more okay with them killing someone than them cheating on me? <laughs> that's not the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> I would almost rather my husband tell me that he killed someone 14 years ago. <laughs> Right, but here's the thing. I'd be like, all right, I can deal with that. But here's the thing. No, you can deal with both. But here's the thing. Like, oh you, no, I can't. Well, I don't know about the killing thing. <laughs> Let me just think about that for a minute. But like, oh no, no. But if you think about it, like, okay, it happened like 12 years ago. He's been great since then. But it's still a shock now. That's that's yeah. kind of my point. That's that's really my like. If you don't think you can you can deal with that at least at least try to reconcile with that and be like, okay, but ever since this thing, he's been great. You know. You mean as far as like cheating? Like if it were if it were that scenario because no in my mind it yeah, would have been that. just that Let's use that. And there's no way, no how he's going to convince me that it was just that one time. In my mind, it's oh, been well, all the years. Well, maybe that's that's even more to the point, let's just say. Like, I guess, you know, that's that's kind of what Yuri Yumiko is like. So wait, this is all, I've been giving you all this credit and all this kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, I've been in your corner all this year, these years fighting for you, you know, and I find out that everything, it's kind of like the Eugene thing too, right? Our, yeah. our relationship was predicated on one thing, but mm-hmm. how am am I supposed to go back to it? Eugene is saying this, obviously, in the scenario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If everything that we, that our friendship was built on was predicated on something completely not legit. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's a tough thing to grapple with. It's, I, but I like the parallels. I like how we're catching up to what we should know, sort of, between those two. That we didn't get, you know, we got Eugene and Rosita like from the start, um, but we didn't get no. these two. But I, I would be kind of interested to see what that thing was, though, right? Like murder, rape, or car accident. Because, I, and I think the car accident would be great, subverting expectations and also kind of like turning the thing on its head. Like, okay, Yumiko, get over it. Oh, wait a minute, she didn't have to kill the guy. Right. And the guy right. might have been. If- we found out, yeah, if we found out her reasons were less than stellar, it would yeah. definitely change. And obviously, Yumiko does know the details of the case, so she does know the circumstances in which he was killed. Right, it's like we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> we just need yeah. that little bit. Or maybe we don't, we don't know, but whatever. 
Um, I mean, that little detail would would I, I don't know for me anyway change my opinion on the on the whole thing. Um, yeah. Having that little nugget of information would change my opinion drastically. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, yeah, and even then, but even then, like I I I'd even say because again I, I want to draw that line to Negan because we do have the goods on Negan. We do know what he's done. You know all the things that he's done to the group for many years. Like maybe not as not as many. But like, still, and so, how can we cast judgment on Magna without casting judgment on Negan? I guess, and Magna, I guess, more or less, is made up for it by helping out the community, defending it, um, voting on things, you know, saving everybody mm-hmm. in the group as much as possible, loving Bernie, all this stuff. So I like that through line because it's kind of like, you know, maybe you didn't know about it, you know, but and it was pre-apocalypse, mm-hmm. but you know, since then she's been your rock, you know, in mm-hmm. spite of everything. So it's kind of something to consider, right? What is you what is Magna listening to on the Victrola? Well, the theory hmm. is the theory. It's all but been confirmed, <laughs> young lady. It has. It has. We need to know his name though. Like well, what, I want to know what he went by. Explain explain what we're talking about cuz the people on the stream don't know. <laughs> oh, the the beautiful country stylings of Mr. Ryan Hurst. Oh, uh, really? On the Victrola. What is he singing precisely? <laughs> He's singing a song. Who's There's no name to it, though. Well, who? who it's who? over top. Uh, over top of Emily Kinney's "The Turtle and the Monkey." Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> You're so full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we also had a thing about like okay, the lyrics don't quite match up. There are some things that do, and that we found out finally at the end of it. There's some things that Dave thinks. That <laughs> well, the whole I still don't see it. the whole uh, sparkling trees in the woods thing. I can I turned off the lyrics now. I'm like we used to hold each other tight under sparkling trees. And there was another line too, but even that's kind of butcheredish. But again, I like to I, I like this idea that she's listening to the song because she's. Magnus focusing on that. That's important to her. Yeah. Like, what happened to us? You know? And so, like, I, it, this is the thing you love the most is, like, this the whole tie-ins of songs that are prescient. And then, also, we get a little Easter egg of what... <laughs> Of who Beta used to be, and they're yeah. really, really fucking playing with this thing, and it's really like I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm really, really glad. Are. But yeah, like it's not even a mystery anymore. No, and kinda, I'm okay with it. I deplete the whole thing. Well, that's what I was trying to say before. It's like I kind of wished we'd been able to, like, if we hadn't had all those breadcrumbs, maybe we would have been found out of ourselves, and we felt would have felt so much better about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Right, and he's not yeah. bad. It's kind of it's a fun little ditty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not I'm not against it. It's twangy, it's twangy, twangy. I mean, country's not hard to sing, so. Oh, we're gonna get blasted in the comments for that one. Let the list dikes, ro- let the dislikes roll. Oh my god! No, I hate I hate. How is country. that a dislike? You just slammed Country's country not music. To sing. How how is that a slam? Everybody so sounds easy. good singing country. Well, you've never heard of yodeling country singers. It's tough, man. It's now tough. yodeling that's a whole nother that's a whole nother beast. But some country singers have that little yodel when they sing. Some yodel. Yeah, what twang. That? That's great. I caught something. I don't know if you guys did when Sadiq's on the radio talking to Dante, and Dante's filling him in on all you know how all the patients are doing without their God. And mm-hmm. I love how Dante is like still joking around. Love it, right? Sadiq asks about Rosita, but not Coco. <laughs> yeah, man. What about your kid? Right? Ah, ah I see. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. 
she's probably missing Eugene right now. Eugene likes fixing that freaking wall at a hilltop, but that Nanny baby Jean. Says, yeah, that babe, those baby <laughs> services. Like Father Gabriel doesn't want anything to do with that kid. Sadiq's like, you know. Well, I don't know. Um, we we got to see a little bit of that uh, the other when? week. Well, when? Well, he, he was walking with uh, Rosita and the baby in the in the. Oh, when yeah. Lydia went out, you know. Eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She was still pushing the stroller, so I mean, was he really even helping? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he he was with her. I mean, he, he didn't have to. Her. So That's I'm, again, collecting data. Where I'm, I haven't made a judgment call yet, but I do see some absentee father vibes. <laughs> Get a lot of absentee father vibes. <laughs> How's Rosita, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. But not my baby. Don't, I don't care about right. how my baby's doing. Yeah, that's great. Father of the year. <laughs> well, it makes Sorry. makes me think make me think that he still has some pretty strong feelings for her. Maybe. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, yeah I do. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it, doesn't it tie in a little bit more with what you were saying about what oh, I don't? It was you, Rachel, right? That said, maybe it was something that he had to do to spare Rosita mm-hmm. with the whispers. Oh, yeah, that was you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like um, that. I mean, I don't I like think so, it. Yeah. Yeah. I had said, I mean, some, no. I might have taken it first. Somebody else might have said it first. And then I think we just rehashed it. And we just I don't think I was the first one to say it. Yeah, I know that I I said, I I took it to the point where, like, oh, Sadiq helped Alpha get all these people in exchange for Rosita's life. Yeah. 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 I don't know that she needed (laughs) help getting him out of there. Um, Yeah, because, yeah, what we did find out later is that some of the actors who play the Whisperers were in the fair as themselves. Right. Like, not as Whisperers. Oh, I, I like this one line that I wrote. I was like, oh, Sadiq finally opens up. Hey, what are we here for if not for each other? And then I wrote in parentheses, no one's gone till they're gone. <laughs> 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 but I, I like that there's like some solid like axioms like from because again PTSD is playing a part in the season whereas yeah. we got a lot of that in the last one uh, the weapons symbolizing the ability to handle things and being ready to handle things I liked some of that back and forth like the representations of what we're ready for by way of holding something that symbolizes somebody else or like what you're capable of what this thing means to them Alpha confirms with Gamma when she comes back from the stream and what she's doing in that stream is damming it up with blood and guts and yeah. gore. So she, like double duty of poisoning it and mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. De- depleting their hunting grounds from the last, you know, by taking away their borders mm-hmm. and depleting their water supply. So they're just slowly trying they're to... They're playing the long game. Yeah, like mm-hmm. trying to get the Romans, you know, the little Maccabees, like yeah. the story of Hanukkah. <laughs> like, we're going we're gonna to wear them down. Yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy, but and it's gonna work, you know. And and um, but what she tells Gamma is that yeah, the tree worked. So with all the things that we were thinking, like okay, maybe we heard the wind, maybe it was the wind. Yeah. And yeah. then and then Earl says something. The the roots looked the healthy. The roots were healthy. Right. Yeah. But even then, Earl's been talking some shit. That's the thing. Well, Earl's been saying it from a while. Like, and a lot of the townspeople have been sort of like, "This is them. This is right. them messing with us." But some people have been trying to at least let's get more evidence from other than like a talk, shit talking old man. <laughs> Michonne. Like, Michonne's been the one that's been like hmm yeah. guys let's yeah. not jump the ship. She's been the so most how rational. Do you think, 
if the tree was healthy, how did they knock it down? I don't know, but it, what matters is that Alpha <laughs> confirms it. So that's right. that's all that matters to me. I don't even want to like you know me. I'll go through theories. I don't care now. <laughs> like she said it, I don't well, have they, to think about if it. If they topped it or sawed it at all, there would be there would be blade marks. Yeah, right. So if it uh, came up by the root. The only other thing I was thinking this is I did think about this mm-hmm. is if they dug out the root system and then let it fall naturally. That'd that would make. I think a system of like using both ropes and like also like uh, ropes and obviously. But they digging. would have to be inside. They would have to be inside hilltop to pull it that direction with or ropes because I thought that too. They could pull it out a little bit and then just push it the other. Like if enough of them, maybe right? Maybe so enough I, of them pushed yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's why if they dug out the roots and loosened all that up under the tree and then yeah, like you said, pulled it with something or everybody pushed it or I don't know. But if they loosened up the roots first, the wind could have taken. It the right, right. Of the way. Oh, that's way smarter. Yeah, like if they loosen, if they dug up the roots and all that stuff, yeah, the wind would have taken care because the wind was there, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that makes way more sense to me. And there oh. would be no indication that a person did that. Right. So in spite it of me thinking, natural. like, oh, let's not think about this, uh, you made me think about it, and you were right. That works for me. Let's move. Let's move on. Um, I also was thinking of like with Gamma and her that the cut she has on her hand. I'm thinking to myself, is could this be like um because it she's cutting up guts and she's like shit 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 like Ooh. and I'm thinking shit Uh-oh. shit shit she might be because inf- I think I don't know if one of you said it but like I like I think she might be infected. That's a good. I mean, like Simon, how could she not like, be? Yeah, like Simon style, like that's, you know. That's a good point. I mean, well, no, she could not be. There's but, no. You know? I mean, there's no confirmation. There's no confirmation that that the virus is transferred strictly through bite, right? Like through saliva, right? And through scratches or whatever it is. But actually, that mm-hmm. what's, that that brings an interesting point because if you think about it, we only saw people starting to get sick from the guts, um, you know, two years after the apocalypse, right? And we don't know how old the walkers outside the sanctuary was. I, do you think it, putricity, like how how old the walker is, plays into it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this was a mm-hmm. recently turned person. So, like anything else, it would have a shelf life, right? <laughs> right. It may be too new. The vintage is not. Uh, it's not has not matured. So maybe there's something to <laughs> that. I, you know, like I mean, you'd still you get bit and you turn, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think she may be infected? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think by all, all rational thought, she should be, but she won't be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling as well because we kind of yeah we kind of I kind of want to see what what happens. Like she's going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we've seen this happen with somebody else before too. Maybe not in the same spot, but a cut that gets Walker blood in it and then it gets bandaged mm-hmm. and they're fine. Oh, sounds a lot yeah. like Rick. I feel like that, yeah, <laughs> a couple I feel times. Like that, yeah. I feel like that situation has presented before. Yeah. Yeah. So we can rule (laughs) it out probably. Yeah. Um, But again, like I, again, going back to gamma, it's like PTSD, man. Like there's something going on there. There's a, there's two sides of her at play. And and I, some people, some, another person said like, um, even though alpha wants gamma to kind of play with Aaron, I, I don't, I don't know what side's going to win this one. You know, I need your help. In terms of gamma. Yeah, like, okay, in terms of Gamma versus Aaron, like, am Aaron's genuine sense of trying oh. to bring people in, you mm. know? Okay, see, and I'm thinking Aaron versus Alpha for Gamma's loyalty. Like, she, mm. I see Gamma in the middle of Aaron and Alpha right now, especially well, with have the flashes that. that she just had of her sister. Yeah. Well, I think she's, I think she's still kind of doubting Alpha's plan here. I don't think she's fully Team Alpha. I don't, I don't see her full Team Whisperer yet, and I think 
the more interaction she has with Aaron, the more likely it is that he's going to convince her there's a better way of life. Right, right. So, but you, but you are are you betting on Aaron? Or are you betting on Alpha? Or, or like the the whisper ethos? Let's say moreover. I'm betting on Aaron, but I also think Gamma will die for it. <laughs> By whom, Beta? Alpha. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, Beta or Alpha. One yeah. of them will see her disloyalty and. Yeah. Mm. Do you think it's going to be by way but, of like a display like her sister did? Like she's going to go like her PTSD is going to kind of find a go full tilt or. Oh, I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know. I haven't thought about details. Not those details anyway. I'm having I a hard know. time. I'm really having a hard time. And I am, which is good because I kind of want to see how this plays out. This can go a variety of ways that we, we're not even thinking of. Yeah. Because I feel like well, we need to know more about her too. Gamma. Oh yeah. yeah. We know almost nothing about her. That would help to get a little bit of her history too but I don't know I mean I definitely got the impression and I mean you guys might not agree (laughs) what when Alpha says to Gamma you know we have to wear different masks sometimes and da 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 obviously she was talking about Aaron like to me it sounded like Alpha Mm -hmm. wants Gamma to get closer to Alpha Mm -hmm. right because she thinks that she'll be able to manipulate Aaron, but I think it's going to backfire and Aaron is going to end up winning over Gamma. Well, it could be one of those things too that they play with, right? Because now, now Mm -hmm. we're assuming, Oh, okay. Aaron's got this, but maybe uh, they're going to make us think (laughs) at least that that he don't got this, Mm -hmm. you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, right before he does. (laughs) Right. 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 Maybe. Or, or neither, neither. You never know. Yeah. It's always a possibility. I also like the duality, like the dual purpose, (laughs) of her saying that and there are times where alpha takes off the mask and becomes human in a way like let's vote you know like all these human displays like her her humanness is almost the mask right that wasn't a real vote though that was her like i I dare you to put your hands up but again it's like that that wasn't a real vote though but that's right. that's her human mask. That's like her pretending. Oh, let's pretend like this is a democracy. Oh, and then, okay. And then you know, okay. back back with the whisperer mask. Oh, this is who I really am. Yeah. But occasionally she has <laughs> to take off the mask. And like again, when I, I I'll bring it back to the clearing with the the pikes and the border. Right? She takes off the mask, and all of a sudden she walks like a human. You know, like there's they're yeah. playing with that, and I love how I'm right. noticing that. But I, and I think there's also mm-hmm. what she's saying to also Gamma is like sometimes you got to take off the mask to pretend you're human. You know, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing like yeah you you got the swagger now you need to know that because now she has a name too mm-hmm. so you know there's a li- there's that extra responsibility a little bit of sacrifice oh you get to not be an animal all the time you get to be a little you get to be like a which is a thing in native american lore the skinwalkers is a real thing mm-hmm. in native american uh lore like uh, mythos is it, it's where mm-hmm. i think it's where we get the idea for werewolves by the way sort of interesting yeah skinwalkers there's a Few episodes, there's a few episodes of Supernatural about skinwalkers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Well, I think a lot of shows have that. Yeah, where you put on the skins of animals, yeah. and where, so, where certain people wear the skins of animals, they become the animal, right? Become, yeah. Yeah, they're like more. Yeah, it was. Uh, be, I mean, yeah, they basically it was a shape shapeshifter. Yeah, shapeshifters. Yeah. 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 Um. So when you look at the whispers and you see when Alpha takes the mask off, puts it on, she literally becomes one thing and then the other. You know, or at least mm-hmm. pretends to be one thing or the other. Bringing that conversation all back to Negan, it's in and Aaron. It's I kind of had to rewind the episode all over again and be like, oh, and Negan is putting on this mask, and Aaron is putting on this mask and trying it out and seeing if he's mm-hmm. if he's capable and if he's worthy of wielding Jesus' sword. Let's say, which sounds really religious all of a sudden. <laughs> 
So yes, I mean, you could go so far as to say that Ezekiel and Sadiq are both wearing masks. I mean, of bravery. That was the know? third one. That was the Not real third one. Letting anybody see what's going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. which brings us to the whole thing with Carol. Like, and maybe this is just because I'm a guy, and I don't know how you, I, you guys might completely agree with me, but I mean, in some <laughs> ways, I'm, I'm wondering if that was the right move, like for him. Like, why am I going to manipulate for, her into caring for me? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, why? The right, what, well, what's the what, point of me right telling move. her? Oh. You're saying it was the right move for him to turn the radio off yeah. and not tell her? Yeah. I don't know. I I think he wants I, her pity. Right. I, well, and I'm I'm really torn because I'm looking at it from both both of their sides, right? Yeah, Ezekiel's probably feeling like she's going to think one way or the other. But think about being on Carol's side. If this was someone that you loved and cared about, wouldn't you want to know? But does she love and care about him? Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. So. I don't think that's in question. I mean, are you projecting? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, I mean, I mean all the break, episodes. When you break up with someone, do you stop caring for them? No, of course not. But <laughs> exactly. I, but Carol's not. Well, okay, okay. Let me back it up because <laughs> I really do think she does care about him. The problem is I have to operate on what I can see and mm-hmm. the, the way the character moves about the universe that is presented in front of us. That's what sucks because I really do. I'm I'm kind of on your page because no matter what, I think they raised a child together. There's some things in this world you just do. It's like, I don't want your pity, but I, I just wanted you to know that, you know, I love you. And, you know, I thought you should know. And you could take that however you want. And I I, I don't regret being with you. Things like that. Like you, mm-hmm. like you you say your piece and say, I, I wish you nothing but healing and all this bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Carol, the way Carol's inter- brain interprets it. Oh, all, all this bullshit. Right. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry you're dying. I think he's, he might be afraid of the reaction. Yeah, or maybe he's assuming the rea- based on their last few interactions. Like, hey, hey, hi, nobody. French, that she might be indifferent. Yeah. I would hope not, but oh god. But I, I, would, I, I could see that. I would be afraid of. It would be easier to avoid a negative reaction than take the risk and and have it not turn out how you want. Yeah. Or, or honestly, or worse, like you get the reaction worse, yeah. you want, but it's on false pretenses, and that's the way I'm thinking of it. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's really difficult. Protecting, he's protecting himself in that yeah. moment. I and think. Yeah. yeah, and in a way, kind of, it kind of does. On, on a smaller scale, it does kind of bring us to city in, like what I was saying before about like the unknowable truth. Like, you know, does it really protect her? Like, again, I what we know is it's probably the thing she needs. Like, she needs to care for something. You know, other she needs, than the wh- killing the whispers. Yeah, she needs to put her a little bit of that energy back into this thing because mm-hmm. I hurt too. You know, mm-hmm. like I this hurt me too, and now I'm dying. And we could have we could have gone through this together but you chose to not be with me she's and gonna completely spiral if he dies before she has a chance to talk to him and get real closure i think and that's what i was gonna say next yeah mm. yeah i mean there's there's a lot at stake here if she decides to keep going with this path but again i mean it goes back to it's just an added pressure to like her killing alpha how that is not a great move in my opinion mm-hmm. like not if yet. She, because if she goes for that, she will miss out on this, yeah. you know, like, and that, yeah. and that might be what she needs, or at least a healthy dose of what she needs. Now, maybe she kills Alpha, and Zeke is still alive, and she could take it, but you just, what, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm. But, like, what, but the way these things usually go is you have the Sophie's choice of, do I get revenge over yeah. my son, or do I fill a bit of the emptiness I have in my soul and mm-hmm. help somebody fill some of the emptiness in their soul and somewhat heal from the situation. And maybe I, I split the difference and maybe I don't get everything I want, but I get, like the song says, I get a little bit of what I need. Yeah. 
fucking sucks. It sucks. It sucks. But that's kind of like why I didn't want to cover this episode. I know. This, There's a lot this, here. This episode is heavy. The, the unknowable truth. Again, it's like, so Zadik is deciding for himself, like, that, you know what, this is just too much, too, the details are just too much, and you know what, I don't want to burden her. She didn't like, I don't want to make her care. You know, I want her to, maybe he's thinking also, maybe I want her to get that bitch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, and meanwhile, he, he's an idiot too. <laughs> so, I mean, God bless mm-hmm. him, but whatever. Um, Someone else should tell Carol what's going on. That's- Wait a second. Who's going to tell Jerry? Forget Carol. Right? Oh, Jerry. Right. Gonna Jerry. Dev- Jerry's going to be devastated. I saw so many comments about that, by the way, on Twitter. Devastated. Forget well, Carol. Like, yeah. I mean, Jerry is, like, still loyal to his... So he's loyal to the grave <laughs> to, like, Ezekiel. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would assume, because I think Jerry like just props him up. He says, "Nah, I kind of need you to be this boss man. So you're the boss man." So I, I don't know. What I'm saying about people who need guidance, Jerry needs guidance. Right, Jerry's, <laughs> about, <laughs> Jerry's about to lose his compass. He needs yes. vegan. <laughs> oh, I'm no. kidding. I'm, this is a joke. Okay. <laughs> He needs gentle guidance. Gentle right, guidance. Right, right, right. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But does he though? He has a wife. He's got Nabila. Mm, Doesn't some, matter. Some gentle guidance. He's still referring to Ezekiel as his boss. Like, right. he still views his view views his um, as an authoritative figure in his life. I I have an idea though. Um, what if Jerry knows already, and he's just like, I don't want to blow your blow spot. your cover. Right. Yeah. That's that, that means that be. seems more. That's all. That's also a possibility. Yeah. That's and true. It, it shows kind of a little bit of growth. I mean, a little bit of growth, but also a little bit of like, ah, I'm just gonna keep this facade up. You know, like this is for you. I'm doing this right. for you. I'm not treating I'm you. I'm trying any to keep a. I'm keeping up a semblance of normalcy. Yeah. For your benefit, and yeah. not treating you as a you know dead man walking basically. And he's a father. You know, he gets it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, some people don't. They don't want to be treated differently. Like they just no, want to. Not I mean, as an invalid. Most people do not want to be treated as an invalid. It yeah. is not. It's not of comfort to them, especially somebody who is used to being a big, larger than life figure. The last thing they want is to kind of be like taken out to pasture and treated like, well, you know, you can't do this, and you know, we need to think about this and whatever. He's, he's sort of like, look, forget about it, man. Like there's just. It is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get that line again, though. You know what it is, Morgan. And then I know what it is, Zeke. Yeah. What's anyway. the name of the episode again? What it always is. Yeah. 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 That's what Amelia says in the bus. Well, is right. It? She does. She says it on the bus. Like when they talk about always running from going from one right. place to the other. She says, like, it's what it always is. Right. Right. Me and Milo. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn. Well, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, so I mean, the name, she's, she says it, and she's referring to the fact that shit happens, and in the end, it is what it is. This is our reality, this. yeah. And the more oh, things, yeah. and the more things change, the more they remain the same. Right, so. and it goes back to Morgan. It's like, you know, you know what it is. You're going to lose people, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now you have to deal with it. Yep. Yep. Or not. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Or <Morgan>. not. <laughs> Where is Gabe? Gabe is at Alexandria. When no. last we saw him, no, he's not. He's on the north border. He's on the north border. Well, that was during he's the siege of Alexandria. I assume that was just all the time to be on lookout for another attack. 
I mean, not 24-7, obviously, but, like, you know, a shift. Was there. it the north border or the north gate? Like of, 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 north, or I think yeah. they just said, like, north side. Yeah, like, I think it was of Alexandria. Like, north side. Yeah. And I think it was during that siege time. But, like, but also, yeah, like, this, by the way, Dante mentions this on the radio with, with Gabriel out. Or I, I didn't write the exact words, but he's, like, with, Ab- with Gabriel gone. So, like, I'm thinking to myself, did they just drop the nugget there? Like, maybe, where is Gabriel? Yeah, I mean, in, asks, is Gabe back yet? Yeah, exactly. And then Dante makes that, yeah, makes that comment, like, not yet or something. Or so, something, yeah, indicates maybe that he's, he's out there. looking for Negan. I mean, they made it seem like they are on the hunt for him, so mm-hmm. maybe. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that as well, but like, mm, maybe, maybe. I don't right. know. I mean, that's what Sadiq and Daryl were doing on their way to Hilltop. Exactly, yeah. So there could be multiple small parties out looking for Negan. Mm-hmm. I suppose so, yeah. But then again, okay, so it does kind of go back to like what, what they were saying before. is like, are they going to spend so much time looking for Negan or just figuring out how to fight the Whisperers? Right, and how much threat could just one guy be? I mean, right. if he left, he's, he's hightailing the hell out of there. I think that they'll probably give it like a sort of... I don't know, like grace period, basically. And if they don't find him within those certain days, I think that they'll probably move on. I don't think that they're going to, like, spend an eternity being like, we have to find him, we have to find him. It's like, well, no, he's gone. So Right. So do we think the same person who let Negan out is also who spray-painted the walls? No. No. I think they're completely <laughs> different people. Because well, yeah. do you think that they – so let me ask it you. Would, it would be strange that Negan and or the person who let him out didn't see that happening. Maybe, but are you thinking they spray painted the walls to kind of distract people, or like, or just because they they really are trying to hammer the paranoia home, or like really are trying to silence the whispers? Well, let's say let's say it's Carol. Let's say Carol's who let Negan out, and mm-hmm. she's trying to refocus everyone back to the whisperers. It would make sense that she would let him oh, out shit. and then graffiti that on the walls. That's crazy. That, <laughs> that's super focused, man. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That really that really does it makes sense but it's terrifying at the same time in a way. But sure, then again but it's it's very Carol-esque. Yeah. Yeah. True. A Carol move. In a way that I wouldn't have expected. That in I a way we haven't that. seen her do in a yeah. long time. <laughs> like the yeah. lengths to that which she'll go to terrify her own community. Sure. Like that's crazy. Absolutely. I mean, right mad. up there with setting bodies on fire. Mm-hmm. A few times. That's just, that's just a whole other level. Like, and again, it goes back to like, and if assuming this is true, right? But it goes right, back right. to what we were saying, like, just to kind of cut off the nose to spite the face, like mm-hmm. putting the entire community in danger, and getting Lydia almost killed. You know, like that's yeah. look what you're doing, you dumb bitch. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm visually upset, but this is how into it I am, I guess. But um, <laughs> but, but you see, then this is, I want to make something clear. When I say this, I say this because <laughs> I love her. Do you understand? When you're, when you love someone, you get yeah. really upset with them, like genuinely upset. You know, I get so, I get such a thrill when people are upset with most things <laughs> on the <this> show. <laughs> I get <laughs> such a, like, remember how I say, I get a skip in my step every time. <laughs> Like, what was it? I can't remember exactly what it was, but we've had more than one episode, like, when we first started out. Like, oh, I get a skip in my step every time I tell a caroler, it's never going to happen. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I feel like you do the like candy- ruffling feathers. I, oh, I feel, no, I feel like the Candyman. <laughs> I feel like when they sing the Candyman in Willy Wonka, <laughs> the Candyman can annoy you. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. But this thing like genuinely just like upsets me if the assuming is true again. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, oh, it, it tracks. It, it tracks. I mean, yeah. it's it's a plausible. Yeah. No, it scenario. does. That's what made me so upset. I'm like, <laughs> shoot, shoot. You're like, she wouldn't. Oh, she oh, would. Shoot. That does sound like, but like different, deeper levels of old yeah. Carol. I mean, or I guess, right? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You know, it would be so bad if she was so capable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's let's move on to sneak peeks. Loving that uh, double knives action, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know? Very much ne- from the comic. Negan John, yes. Negan John around and oh talking gosh. about <laughs> walk, Walker Lawn Johns, and he was about to say with the flap in the back. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's talking about. Oh do you, my god! Do any of you want to? I think I'm gonna be. Something? I think I'm gonna be smiling for a week until this episode comes out because I'm just. Oh my gosh! These quotable one-liners that we're about to receive. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to write them all down because they will be quoted for all of eternity. (laughs) It's going to be the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. It so is. And the delivery is so good, you know? And I'm not even afraid of, like, amping it up too much because it is going to be everything I want no matter what. Like, I am so excited. Oh, God. And I really want to see... I really need to see what that Negan Alpha interaction is going to be to really kind of figure yes. out what direction they're going to go here. Yeah. Right. Once I see that interaction, that's going to let me know. Okay, yep. where are we? Where are we going with this? Yeah, the, I agree. The authenticity factor is going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. I like agree. how how authentic they're going to be in terms of like comparing it to the comic, but also like. Well, if they do start to go that route, how believable is it going to be? When, well, I guess it does a little bit. It does kind of, kind of look like her old husband, really, a little, like a shaven, like a bearded version of her old husband. Well, okay. I mean, it's more in the comic. It's more Negan that gets kind of like has affection for Alpha because Negan's wife was in a hospital because she had cancer. So when mm. he sees Alpha with the bald head, it kind of reminds him of his wife in her chemotherapy radiation days. So oh, that's this is part of the, in the comic. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. which would make sense him bringing it up uh, to Milo recently, like being so open about it. Yeah. So I want to see. Does he tell Alpha that in the? Co- I don't remember him saying no. that to her in the comics. I remember no. there's a separate issue. It's a of separate just Negan's back of story. Yeah, it's more like being, a, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I could see him being caught off guard by himself, like. He coming in with one idea and then being like, ah, shit. Right. He might. That's why I want to see his reaction with her. Is he caught off guard? Is it like, oh, you know, like what I I need to. I also want to see the reaction also because we know that he had a sort of friendship with Lydia, you know, where Lydia would kind of have said that told Daryl that she would talk to Negan because he's the only person who understood. And he knows like her back history. So. What is going to be his impression finally meeting Alpha knowing that this is Lydia's mom? Oh, and they don't yeah. know him, right? He's a complete stranger no, to them, complete right? Complete stranger to them. Complete stranger. So what happens when he brings up the fact that he, one, knows Lydia, and two, she's still alive? Or think of it the other way. What if what if Alpha brings up how she killed Lydia? Ly- he knows Lydia belongs to Alpha. So right, he, and he that, knows yeah. she's still alive. And that would give him the he advantage. He knows that she's still alive, yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would give him the advantage. So, And he yep. could decide mm-hmm. to do with that whatever he wants. Yep. Mm-hmm. What does he do with that, right? That well, he'd whisper be... in her ear. He'd whisper in Alpha's ear and say, look, I know she's alive. If you want these people to stand behind you, we're going to be best friends. Hash some things out. Yeah, we're going to hash some things out here. And then mm-hmm. he's going to tongue her in the ear. Ew. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm like wondering myself if I want to see them get it on. I just, no. I just, I just pictured Lydia and Carl from the comics, Carol. I know. <laughs> that was so gross. <laughs> and everybody was waiting to see that. They're like, is that going to happen? It's like, mm. no, oh, we're not seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> He, yeah, Negan is raunchy in the game. Him and Alpha's interactions are like, yeah. I mean, I had to shower after I read it. It was disgusting. Yeah. Shower after reading. So I don't know. Yeah, seriously, it was disgusting. I felt dirty reading these words in a book. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds exciting. So I don't, so I don't, I don't think you would probably go find it hilarious. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so. I can't. I'm more excited for the Negan and Beta interaction. That is going to be more comical. That'll be the comic yeah. relief. Right. Yeah. That I'm definitely here for that. That because we need that. We so need that on this show occasionally. Like we need Dante and we need a little Eugene and we need Dante is like <laughs> another Negan. Yeah. Dante but, likes to talk about balls and. Likes to, <laughs> He but does. And more in a, in a medical sense. But then again, sure. his own balls. <laughs> Not yes. in a medical sense. Not in a medical sense. Um, okay, so... More sneak peeks. Uh, Carol suits up, contemplates bringing the revolver again, brings Dale with her to confirm and destroy the horde that the Whispers have. Dummy, 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 dummy. Not too smart, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> beta, he cannot be trusted. And she's like, <laughs> beta, beta doesn't trust anybody. Beta doesn't... I love... Yeah. Classic, doesn't even trust classic, his own people. Classic not, beta. Not, not, that I, not, not, that, not that I love, but like... I, I did appreciate the fact that um, in the whisper scene when they're talking about their plans with Gamma and Beta and this one guy's like, well, why don't we do this or whatever? And he's not even trying to be insulting and Beta almost charges at him and kills yeah. him immediately for speaking up. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want that level of loyalty in my life. You know? <laughs> right? Eddie, Where are these friends? Take notes, Eddie. Like the, like the minute, the minute somebody raises their voice, it's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, he didn't even raise his voice. He was just like, hey, guys. Well, maybe. <laughs> Classic beta. Just for... <laughs> like, Alpha literally has to be like, no, 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 no. And then it's like the cartoon. Like, she puts her hand like, nope. And then he keeps walking. But nope, nope, you can't get him. <laughs> Switchblade. Switchblade. Oh, God. I feel like I am the beta of my out of my friends. Like, when I'm with my friends and somebody looks sideways, like, I'm charging at them. Like, what? <laughs> You're like the Terry Tate. Yeah, Beta is like the Terry Tate of the apocalypse. You don't get to make noise. Oh, like do you remember oh the office uh, HR or whatever office, it's called? Office linebacker. Office linebacker. That was one right. of the best skits ever. One of oh those best gosh. online skits. I'm probably gonna look at it tomorrow. It's, Maybe it's, tonight it's, before I go to sleep. It's an ad classic. It won Cleo's. That's how good it was. But it was amazing. Yeah. Like Terry Tate, office linebacker. Like that was amazing. You got to yeah, recycle. A- you know, you think you can get away from that can and then jump. People crouching in the corner in the field position. Yeah. yeah. That, so that's that Rachel. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So you leave people in the fetal position? Yeah. No? Well, Terry Tate off his linebacker. Yeah. Um, beta, too. Yeah, and, and so on that point, uh, he can't be trusted, and then Alpha's like, test him, and then you see scenes where Negan is walking among them, among mm-hmm. the guardians, and I I shudder to think how that's going to go down. But I wonder, like, if he toes the line, I'm, I'm a joiner. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
He's gonna toe the line, just at least to you know. Like to to that to to the line. He's gonna toe to the, the line. line. He's gonna walk that line. <laughs> Daryl to Carol. Finally, Daryl fucking says something. He says, "We mess this up. Everyone else is gonna pay for it." And I literally wrote in my notes, "Fucking hey, that's what I've been saying, bitch." <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> Why isn't nobody listening to me? Ninety-six percent <laughs> on this stupid goddamn poll. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, oh, jeez. What is um, Eugene's call sign? I listened to it twice, and I could not make it out. I did not catch it. What was it? it he, he mumbled it so quickly. Yeah, I, I, you're right, but it's tater bug. Tater bug. I thought he said tater butt. And I'm like, that can't be it. That can't be what he's saying. Accurate. <laughs> Tater bug. And I'll say I this much: it. I def I have one of those. So I, I know a what tater that's butt. Like. I have a tater butt. <laughs> Little two two taters. It's like, tater butt. Yeah. So the first thing I noticed about the voice over the radio is that there was no accent. So I don't think it's Maggie. You should know if they're from California. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Unless she somehow lost her southern accent in the in the you know past years. Right. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I didn't even write her down. The thing is, I have a name in my head only because I'm familiar with the comics. If I didn't have that knowledge, I'd be sitting here going. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Quite, I threw up four different things, and mm-hmm. I want to get your take on it, because um, their the voice responds, hello? <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking a couple things. Too. Did you hear a little bit of panic in the hello? More of like a, like a almost surprise, like in a uh, way. Someone's like, there? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. There was some inflection there. Yeah, I wouldn't say mind. like. There's a heightened like hello like like yeah, a yeah yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now now we're thinking oh this person is hysterical. No, she didn't seem like that. It's more of like oh 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 hello no ooh spooky. Um, oh my god! So I'm getting delirious. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote a couple of things. Uh, I'll leave the the oddball one for last. But like, okay, so we have the usual suspects of like, okay, Alicia. Okay. I was thinking even Charlie because it's been a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. The Commonwealth, an obvious answer. Mm-hmm. And then the the fourth one, uh, which kind of is the last one. Uh, anybody from the TWD three series? Hmm. It could be they like wouldn't, a, they wouldn't be around yet, would they? That's what really. That takes place in the future. But how how far? I think they might have. I I've, thought they said like fourteen, fifteen years. No, that was me. It it, it was. 10 I mean, that years. was kind of the impression I got too. I mean, a I, lot of Earth has grown over a lot of things. Like significant yeah. time years. has passed. Ten years will do it. But that's the thing. Like that's that's what we were told. That's what we were told is ten years. So it's we're kind of lining up to the to that time period. So it's mm. not far flung even. It's like oh we're wait, just, wait 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 we're just about ten years post apocalypse or ten years from where we are on this show. No, no, 10 years from from the start. So we're kind of there. Oh, okay. I thought they meant 10 years from our current storyline. 10 years from from the current. 10 years from the start of the apocalypse. Yeah, 10 years from the start of the apocalypse. Well, that's basically where we are. Kind of, yeah. That's not eventful at all which makes me think yeah well which makes me think there could be a tie into this series and it would be a good timing too because uh it's coming back 
it's going to be airing in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I, really, ten years from the start of the apocalypse. I mean, there was a there is considerably more vegetation in in TW three than yeah there was right now. I mean, I feel like I feel like they're a good decade down the road from where we are now. That well, was that was what I thought. Right. I, hey, dude, I was trying to sell that up <laughs> down the river, <laughs> and apparently it got there, and it's like, no, go fuck yourself. It's ten years. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so. I have to I if I have to eat my words. I think your theory makes more sense. I know, but but here's what makes some sense. Here's what I'm like splitting the difference and be like, okay, the vegetation, the way the walkers have kind of grown over themselves, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It, it does make sense from the standpoint of what what Isabel says is that we at all costs uh, do not want people to know about this, so we will pretend like we do not exist. You know, like it, because any infiltration will make the whole operation vulnerable, and mm. it turns out that they they've been successful i mean i guess from the looks of things from the looks of the previews so if they if that whole area is overgrown it's intentional and like all these walkers could just be like little traps you know like little if we just leave them out there and don't do anything with them and we have we live in the secure at least one of these secure locations you know it looks mm-hmm. like it's uninhabited and run down and you know oh it'd be too overwhelming to actually have to chop down and like i don't know till fields and stuff so <laughs> i don't know i yeah that, that makes sense to me like unkempt no on purpose yeah well, actually carol what did you think who do you think is on the other end I think it's the Commonwealth. I'm I'm curious to know then where we start like the journey into the Commonwealth. I'm guessing in like the back half of this season we're gonna start that process of like a contingency group of our folks heading out to find the Commonwealth. Did they say that Princess makes an appearance in this season? Or is yes. it Yes. So I think that I so for sure then I think that this is kind of like the lead in into that second half of this season. They'll start making that journey to the Commonwealth and they'll come across Princess and maybe the end of this season they arrive there. And concurrently the whole Whisper conflict is going on because in the comic these things are happening at the same time. So right, right. Um, yeah, we're setting things up before the other thing concludes, right? Which right. is kind of cool. We did, they did that uh, in season eight too. They kind of brought in Georgie as a little right, as a little like, hey, and I'm going away now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I do. And hope the whispers see. too. We gotta mm-hmm. sneak at, sure. at them before they came out full force too. Oh yeah, True. like by way of that massive horde. horde. Yeah. Yep. When, yeah, which I I got to see that scene again. By the way, that was that's crazy because of because oh. of this new this new Neg- that scene with Negan going little pee, little pee, and then like and, and then you see that. and it cuts Sorry. to like the the where Rick slits Negan's throat and mm-hmm. they okay. you, and I'll put this in notes, but like The Walking Dead on AMC's YouTube channel uh, just posted this kind of compilation where it starts from this recent episode, that little part at the end, and then it goes to season eight where Rick cuts his throat and tells him to save him because it kind of gives you like a sense of you know had he not saved him he wouldn't be here with the whispers and that, that mm-hmm. whole thing yeah and I, then the I also, I, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i i totally agree with carol too i think it is the commonwealth on the other end of the radio if it's who i think it is it could be a potential love interest for eugene which just happens to be right after rosita put the kibosh on any chance yeah, they right. had hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Convenient. strange timing little, little hmm. cyber relationship hmm. ah. mm-hmm. and, and honestly that that is how what it goes for quite a while. They, they do the 
radio thing for a long time they mm. do before they even think about setting up a meet. Mm, I see. Well, I mean, for with good reason too, right? Well, um, and it's actually the girl on the other end using caution. Yeah, she yeah. She won't tell Eugene anything. No, right. but she doesn't want to blow up their spot, you know? Like, they have a good thing going, so. Well, as instructed, yep. too, by the way. So, right. I mean, would you? And even you? even when they do meet, it's, like, miles away miles from, from the, where it actually from where is. They, from where they actually are, yeah. They kind mm. of meet in, like, a decoy middle ground area. Yeah, I yeah. kind of want to talk about the what CRM means, because C, I mean, if you want to, like, boil it down, like, C obviously stands for common, well, maybe not. But it it it, I, it seems to be like the three rings, the C, the R, and the M probably do represent different names of different communities. Right? Do you do you don't know what they are, right? Because no. no. they do represent three communities, as was told when we were talking about the TWD three series. Like we we know that Paradise Ridge or, or whatever the hell the Virginia's doing, there's got to be a connection to what, or at least an X connection. Who knows mm-hmm. to what they're doing? I kind of wonder what the the names mean. So I feel like we should keep that in the back of our minds as we move forward into covering that that um, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah. just, and, and you folks at home, just keep that in mind. And if you have any ideas, just throw them out there. We destroyed it. Uh, it's not <laughs> It's not coming back to life. We beat it up, set it on fire, you know, put it go, out. Only other fire. note that I have is like when, when Alpha was telling Gamma about wearing new masks, right? It did mm-hmm. bring me back to whole, her playing Deborah, you know, Debbie. Well, yeah. And that how was she, another half of her masks. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yep. You know, right back, actually. Oof. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly would like to see if there is some sort of Fear of the Walking Dead tie into any of any or all of this. Like some, some but, you know, anything that they do will obviously have to be reflected somewhat in what happens in the next season of Fear of the Walking Dead as it still takes place in the distant past. <laughs> so. Yeah. Have they talked about doing a crossover? No, no. I mean, in fact, like, Gimple has always made it very clear that, um, not that they may touch, but they will never do a crossover, or, like, in terms of, like, joining the series, let's say. Okay. I mean, I think he's keen on doing Easter eggs in all the series. Okay. Like, like from now on, there's going to be some, like, hints of, okay, oh, this, oh, oh, yeah, that looks like this from The Walking Dead. Oh, that looks like this from Fear of the Walking Dead, or something, because we talked about that when we're covering the, I think, the trailers or something. Yeah. And they and Gimple specifically said, yeah, there's going to be some things in TWD3 that kind of will remind you of things that mm-hmm. happened in The Walking Dead and, you know, so things like heard, that. If we heard Alicia or anybody from Fear the Walking Dead on this radio that Eugene's talking to, wouldn't wouldn't that be hmm. a crossover? They would have it. to get credit in the, they would have to be credited in the credits. Yeah, and it, it would still be kind of like a, uh, well, I mean, th- th- you're saying now or like later? Yeah. If the voice we're hearing on Eugene's radio and Ends up being someone from fear. To, right. That would that would be a crossover, which uh, I guess so. Happen. I guess technically maybe it would, but it's kind of maybe it's like you said. Maybe it's like maybe it is Alicia, and <laughs> it'll be a long distance relationship for a very long time until. <laughs> They can age her somehow, six years or something. Eugene and Alicia. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Oh, my God. A microwave of couples. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we know she she makes bad decisions as far as relationship goes with radios. But, like, in in a weird way, it's not what she'd want, but it's what she needs. Oh, my God. She needs somebody that takes themselves a little serious, but not serious. Like, you can't really take them seriously. I don't know. Bully him around a little bit, you know, you little a different kind of Rosita. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with that, everybody, 
Thank you for joining us. And uh, it's just going to get more complicated from here, isn't it? This does not make our jobs easier, Valhalla. Thank you. So, <laughs> please. Okay, well, you know, we can't complain. We're still in business. What? That's right. Anyway. Uh, so last but not least, all as always, uh, hey, if you like what you heard, if you like what you see, do a couple of things. Like this thing on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, leave us comments. Those are great because we want to know what you think. We want to know if you think we're wrong or whatever. We do. We honestly do. Leave a dislike if you don't like it. I Just, Ooh. yeah, come on, do it. Do it. If you got this far, you might as well dislike it. How's that for democracy? Exactly. I think after every episode, if you really liked what you've heard, please just, it does not, it, it helps, it only helps us get some visibility. Please leave a rating uh, on, yeah. in, at least in iTunes or in Stitcher. It really does help. It gives us um, like validity for what we're doing. And last but not least, if you really like what we're doing and you want to be in our exclusive chat during this recording while we're even screwing around, like laughing along with this stuff that you didn't hear because you were on the stream and you didn't get to hear bonus content, um, <laughs> head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or hit the little handy dandy button on squawkingdead.com that says support the podcast. Throw us a coffee. You'll get exclusive access to our recordings, uh, both uh, as we're recording and afterwards you'll get a link to it and um, yeah you can do that for 30 days just throw us $3 and you got it no obligation uh, a note of goodwill tell us you love us by buying us a, a cheaper coffee <laughs> than a Starbucks so I, I think it's a good deal and I think it's fair and if and if you really do love us uh, you know and you really you feel you feel generous you feel the spirit you know it, it's, <laughs> it is the season go ahead and do it it is the season yeah right <laughs> it's the giving season <laughs> give this cocking to, to the to the Jew <laughs> I don't know anyway oh my god <laughs> okay. give give some money to the Jew this season why not um, anyway we, we've gone off the rails so with that I I honestly can't wait for next week I'm gonna be so exhausted we'll see you next week bye, bye.